The Real Coach AB back at it again for this Work Boot Wednesday. Strap up your hard hats. Pull up your work boots. Pull up your work pants. Strap it up. We're here to get it going. It's a Work Boot Wednesday type of day. Former NFL greats and Super Bowl champion Eric Weddle will join the show in the first hour. Chase Sr. NFL Insider will join the second hour. We'll talk 49ers QB situation, the Eagles, who they draft. Is it B. John Robinson? Does he even make it to number 10? And uh, can't wait for tomorrow's draft party live on YouTube uh, for the first round uh, from Kansas City, Missouri with uh, – the great Sean Salisbury. Eric Weddle will join us tomorrow. Braden Fajoko, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers D tackle, former Charger. Uh, he'll be joining me. Zach Smith, Matt McChesney, um, Chase Sr. Drop by. We're going to have a, uh, a draft party tomorrow. So come on by and check it out on YouTube live uh, for the first round as Sean and I will do our mock draft. We'll compare our mock draft with... Uh, with the great Todd McShays and the ESPN analyst and uh, all those type of guys. So make sure you check it out. I'll be discussing my top 10 AFC quarterbacks today. Uh, I'll be talking about that with Eric Weddle here in a little bit. Uh, yak and a stick, 6 a.m. on the West Coast. You can put a little yak in your coffee. <laughs> she, why not? Uh, why not? But, uh, it is what it is. Uh, a lot to discuss. I found out something about midnight last night, one in the morning, around one in the morning, I found out. Um, I started getting attacked on Twitter. And I'm like, what's going on here? My, one of my favorite dudes on TikTok. You ever seen that dude talks about the shitty food, the, the shitty cooks? What's going on here? Uh, <laughs> it's a brother with a beard. He always talks about how bad food is. Anyway, about one in the morning, I'm getting blown up on Twitter, and I'm like, what's going on here? They're like, Coach, you paid for your check mark. And I go, what? Paid for what check mark? They're like, Twitter, you're verified again. And he goes, I thought you were going to pay. I go, I ain't going to pay. They said, well, you verified again. And I'm like, let me get a look on my phone. So I look on my Twitter, and I see the check again. And I'm like, well, I have no idea. I can show you my credit card statement if you want, but I ain't paid shit for no blue check mark. So I'm looking into that because I haven't been told anything by anybody. Um, but my buddy this morning um, said that uh, if you get a account from, if you get, if you pay for another account. So our Coach JB show is Twitter blue because of the video. Again, another Great deal. You can have extended videos. So the Coach JB show is blue checked. And we got that a while ago. Uh, not too long ago. Maybe what? I don't know. Eric with the ranch. We got it like a week, two, two weeks ago, maybe. We got this Coach JB show one checkmarked. And uh, last night, they told me my, uh, my thing. Someone goes, Elon paid for it. I go, and I doubt Elon paid for my shit. <laughs> But uh, man, shit, I could care less about. I was I was liking the no check mark. To be honest, I liked the no check mark. I thought I was different. I I hate. I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, everybody has a check mark. Every swinging dick has a check mark. You got twenty followers. 
Hey, coach, what's going on? I got 20 followers in my DM. Like, you got a check mark? Come on, man. It's unbelievable. I bet a guy on Twitter last night, uh, $500 that Anthony Richardson would not be in the NFL by the year 2027. Um, I think he'll be in the XFL if there's such a thing. Uh, that's my bet of the day. Anthony Richardson won't even be in the NFL. Uh, Dion, um, Dion losing players left and right, or is he? We're going to discuss that with Eric Weddle. Uh, Trey Young puts a dagger in the Celtics, forcing game six with their second best player not even there. Are the Celtics a hype? Celtics are... I think the NBA is so watered down, dog. Sports are watered down. Let's just be real. Sports and athletics and professional sports are watered down. Like, let's just be honest. The Celtics are supposed to be this juggernaut. They can't get through the eight seed playing Atlanta Hawks or the seven seed playing whatever they are. Come on, man. You got to be kidding me. Like, there's no killer no more. I'm tired of hearing Kendrick Perkins talking about he's a killer. He's a soldier. No, he's not. <laughs> I don't think you guys know what a killer and a soldier is. Wait till I get into my Joker rant. All you guys that love Joker, the Denver Nuggets, Joker, uh, Jokic, coach, he's the best. Joker, Jokic, Joker, whatever his name is, is the fattest wobble body non-athletic center that I've seen in a long, long time. You guys putting him like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Joker is a big sloppy center who can't play zero defense. Joker plays absolutely zero defense. Zero. He's a perimeter seven-foot fat dude who dictates the game by passing from the top of the key. He shoots threes, and then he'll he'll run the floor. He does run the floor, if you call that running the floor. And uh, he's the best passing big man of all time. I don't want my fucking big man to pass. <laughs> I don't need my big man to be the passer. That's why I have what's called point guards, homie. Like, why are we so enamored with this guy who can pass? I don't give a sh I don't need my seven footer to pass. He's a horrible athlete. He can't move. You guys act like he would have been, he would have fared. Somebody told me that he would have fouled out Akeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Patrick Ewing, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Alonzo Mourning. They said he would have fouled them out. How would you have fouled them out? By sitting on the top of the key, passing the ball, you would have fouled Shaq out? Are you kidding me? Dog, you guys are really oblivious. I don't believe you really watched sports growing up. You didn't. There's no way you could have watched basketball in the 80s and the 90s. And then only, you only have this guy in your mind. You've never seen nobody else. And then you're, you are oblivious and ignorant to what played before this guy. You guys think this guy's great. He's never won anything. This is a back-to-back -back MVP who you guys have in the discussion to be the three-time MVP. You guys are telling me that he's the greatest basketball player of all time. If he wins three MVPs in a row, 
he would be named and go down as the greatest basketball player of all time. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Miguel said, sinners don't need to pass. Oh, you're telling me. Yes, please tell me. Don't ask me. Please. Yes. Tell me that. They don't. They don't need to. Um, LeBron's the GOAT on TikTok. LeBron's the GOAT. What's he the GOAT of? Losing titles? Changing teams? (laughs) Passing the ball when it's (laughs) in the last second? And then blaming the guy for missing the shot because he don't want to take the shot? Is that what he's uh, great, the goat of? Man, LeBron James has benefited from saggy zone defense, the ability to get fouled by farting on you, and playing in the softest generation of all time. That is what LeBron James has benefited from. Let's just keep it funky. But it is what it is. Josh Fele in the house. Everybody in the house. Much love. Clap it up. Appreciate you guys. TikTok's going on over here. We got a, we got a great show today on this Work Boot Wednesday. Former NFL legendary San Diego Charger, L.A. Ram, um, Eric Weddle. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of things. We're gonna He's going to come in. By the way, he's a new head coach uh, of the former – High school that Junior Seau played at Oceanside. We're gonna have we're gonna have the discussion with him on that. How he's liking his first coaching gig, and uh, we're gonna break that down as well. So, uh, much love to everybody. Pound the like button early on. We got 260 guys in here already. People in here, ladies and gentlemen in here. Uh, pound the like button. Subscribe. Become a member if you're not. We got a few new members yesterday, a few new Discord members too, Slap Nation. You can join the Discord. And we're still getting Patreon members, so much love to all you guys. We're going to put some great content on Patreon. Chalk Talk is on there three times a week. Last Chance Q is on there three times a week. And uh, uh, Rancho Bernardo, my bad, not Oceanside. He's at Rancho Bernardo. Uh, Josh uh, corrected me. Um He's at Rancho Bernardo High School down in San Diego. Uh, where's that at, Josh? Near like Poway and stuff? Uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to get into that uh, with Eric here shortly. Let's get you started with quote of the day, uh, as I always do. Quote of the day brought to you by CandidipsCBD.com. Head on over to CandidipsCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps. Uh, that's cap. Coach, no cap. That's cap. Shut up. I don't even know what the hell that means. Anyway, quote of the day: Your best teacher is your last mistake. Real simple and cut to the cut to the point. Chase, cut to the point. Dry, cut, uncut, raw and uncut. You know as I am. Your best teacher is your last mistake. Don't depend on somebody teaching you anything. Learn from your damn mistakes. We all make them. Learn from them. That's your greatest teacher. Contrary to belief, uh, brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Gets you 50% off plus welcome bonus. You got the NBA playoffs in full swing. You got NHL hockey, Major League Baseball, XFL, USFL, NFL draft tomorrow. You can bet props. 
You can bet it all. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V. Get you fifty percent off plus welcome bonus. Contrary to belief, we live in a time where people get mad when you don't let them use you. <laughs> let that sink in. We live in a time where people get mad when you don't let them use you. Ah oh, man, let me let me let me let me hold some. Let me hold twenty bucks. Let me hold a dub for what? You ain't never paying me back. Come on, man. I need this letter of wreck. For what? You didn't give me one. It's crazy, man, how these cats really are. It's unbelievable. Then they get mad at you and talk about grown man sucking their teeth. Man, there's nothing worse than a grown man who sucks their teeth. The biggest bitch-made cat there is, a man who sucks their teeth. I used to tell my players, suck your teeth. Everybody. I go, that's the last time I better hear that shit. Uh, a real one, contrary to belief, is when you start checking and correcting yourself. That is the JB definition of what you guys call a real one. A real one will point at themselves and say, man, that's on me. I fucked that up. That's on me. Start correcting and checking yourself. That is a real one. You can admit you're wrong. You don't have to apologize. I don't apologize for nothing. That's who I am. It's not what I say I am. It's who I, what I do. We are what we do, not what we say we do. Let's just be clear. I love a person that screws up 27 times and then he issues an apology letter and everybody forgives him. Have you not figured out that is who this guy is? Not what he says, it's what he does. We are what we do, not what we say we do. Stop accepting apologies and stop apologizing. Start admitting. Start admitting you're wrong. Start admitting, you know what? You're right. I, sh- I probably shouldn't have did that. But don't apologize for what? That's who you are, dog. Let's just keep it funky. That's who you are. It's not what you say you are. It's who you are. Man, I apologize, dog. I, I should have never, ever tried to holler at your girl. We've been, we go back 30 years. But, I, but dog, you've hollered at my girl since elementary school. Yeah, we do go back 30 years. But we're not boys. <laughs> you showed me that in elementary school. This is who you are, homie. You are what you are, not what you say you are. 30 years later, you're still trying to holler at my girl, and now you're still apologizing for it? Nah, I stopped accepting those a long time ago, dog. This is who you are. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. I'm giving you guys some real game right here on TikTok. TikTok's like, damn, I've never heard nothing like that. All that shit is true. Not everyone deserves to know the real you. Let them criticize who they think you are, uh, contrary to belief. Not everyone deserves to know the real you. Let all the dick riders assume they know who I am from a Netflix series. Let them criticize who they think I am. It's crazy you've never seen a player talk bad about me, huh? Crazy, huh? How is that? Thousands of kids I've coached. Why haven't you ever seen anybody on TikTok or Twitter come talk shit? And maybe somebody that I cut or some shitbird, but you ain't seen no real ones. Have you ever seen an NFL player of mine talk shit? <laughs> oh, man, it's unbelievable. Uh, poll question. Drop your comments section below. Should the Clippers trade Kawhi and Paul George? 
Whole question for the day. Should the Clippers cut bait, get rid of Kawhi, get rid of Paul George, trade them? I think they should. TikTok loves, they love talking shit. Uh, I don't have any NFL players. I don't. I got 28 of them. <laughs> By the way, I might have another first rounder this year, my 11th. I don't think he'll get first round pick this year, but he'll probably go top three rounds. Tank, Day, uh, Tank Dale out of Houston. I can't believe I still got guys from Indy going into the NFL. I haven't been I haven't been in Indy in four years. I still got players entering the draft and getting in the draft. <sighs> Shout out to me. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, it's comical. Um, fun fact. Fun fact today. On this day in 1986 was the worst nuclear disaster in the history of our world that we know it. Chernobyl. Chernobyl happened April 26, 1986. It's not a fun fact, but it is a fact of the day. Um, Chernobyl, 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 however you want to say it, uh, the, the worst nuclear disaster in the history on this day, April 26, 1986. Think about it, it wasn't even that long ago. Uh, we're here for this Work Boot Wednesday, man. I got it on this day in sports history. Um, we're going to talk about that later on. I'll give a trivia away. I'll give away a hoodie and a T-shirt. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give those things away as well. Um, yeah, I pronounce it all, dog. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. I'll pronounce it every which way so everyone knows what the word, what the word is because I'm a grammatically correct individual with three degrees. <laughs> That's why. But again, you guys think I'm from Compton. I'm the hood cat that don't know anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love the Dick Riders. All right, let's get into some brass tacks here. Uh, first of all, let's start with the Bud Light campaign. It needs to stop. The Bud Light campaign's over. The videos, as the TikTokers would say, are becoming very, very cringe worthy. Um, let's just be real. Bro. God, dog. Can we stop? Can we stop? Can we stop? Um, that shit is cringe. Whatever you call it. You bought a hundred boxes of Bud Light to shoot it on a TikTok video so you can get some likes. <laughs> How about you don't buy the Bud Light, lady? How about really make a stand and say, you know what? I'm not going to buy the Bud Light. How about that? Uh, somebody said, can you pull that video back up? Because I think she has her bras hanging. Let's check it out. Oh, bro. God damn. Is that her bras hanging? Look, is that her bras? Is she shooting her bras? Oh, my God. We find out something new every day. Um, <laughs> is that her bras hanging? Why is she shooting her bras? Again, these made-up humans. Yeah, Joey, she missed the first eight or nine shots. 
She didn't even hit nothing. <laughs> All right, I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta get some things out the way here. We've become a sad society. I'm gonna be honest. We've become sad, a sad society, dog. I'll be real with you. Why I say we've become a sad society is because we got these pranksters that are doing these videos all over. We got these pranksters, right? These pranksters are going around all these different places, and we're seeing the young kid, right? They do, oh, it's a prank. It's on video. I, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking you up if you're going to film me and try to prank me. The latest one now is the fart ones. There's these guys faking the farting. Have you seen all this? Now, look, here's why I'm going to show you this video. The reason I'm showing you this video is because I want you to see the age of this man. This is not a young kid. We have become a sad-ass society when we got grown folks, 40-something, 50 years old, doing prank videos. Hello. Oh, how are you? Good. Good, good, good. Like, I'm going to keep it real. Who would you not fuck him up? Like, I'll be honest. He's getting choke slammed. <laughs> like this cat's old ass man that cat's 40 years old that cat's like 45 years old 50 years old he might be 50 years old he might be 50 years old um people on tiktok they know exactly who he is oh that's freddie he's been around forever I've been watching him since I was six years old. <laughs> Dog, it's unbelievable. That's all we do. Cats sit around on TikTok and watch these videos. See, this is the problem. The video that goes viral, I've been telling y'all, is that when that guy tries to do it around me is when I choke him the fuck out. Um, Spirit Airlines, do not ever... Fly Spirit Airlines. If you haven't seen this, check it out. It's his day. That reason why I don't fly with Spirit. I don't care if it is aviation, airplane, tape, or nothing. The fact that you even have to take the plane together, and then you're doing it while people are on the flight like we cannot see you. That's the reason right there that I will not fly with Spirit. Now, Southwest, I can do. But Spirit, no, sir. After a while, that's going to need a fresh new coat of tape. That tape going to lose this thickness. You flying all around the world and you got tape holding it together? Baby, no. Don't even worry about it. I won't be booking with you. Excuse me, lady. You're literally on the plane about to take off. <laughs> You're literally on the plane about to take off talking about you won't fly spirit. Lady, she's duct taping the wing and you're on the flight. What are you talking about? You may not have an opportunity to fly Southwest. That might be your last hoorah. Let me just ask, let me new poll question. If you see a worker taping the wing with duct tape, 
are you getting off the plane or not? Are you knowing, are you sitting there like, all right, there's no way. That's just something like to cover up something. There's no way that's holding anything structurally in place, right? Um, I just got to be real. Is that something serious? Would you get off that plane or not? Um, I don't know. I got to ask that question. Would you get off the off that plane? That's all I got to know. That's all my question is. Uh, I wonder if you would get off that damn plane. Um, man, without further ado, we got our special guest joining us. Um, he's in the back studio here. We're going to bring him on in. Um, Southern California native, by the way. Uh, and uh, we've been talking lately, man. Great dude. And uh, he's a new head coach, high school head coach. Uh, Rancho Bernardo, I believe, out in San Diego. Uh, played for the Chargers. Played for the Rams, earned a Super Bowl. Um, Southern California's finest, Utah Ute. Uh, Eric Weddle joining the show. Congrat- uh, clap it up for him. Eric, what up, man? What's up, Coach? How are you, man? What's going on, brother? You good? Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Good deal, man. Good deal. A lot of San Diego cats in the chat, man. They 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 love you. They calling you a San Diego legend, man. Ah, uh, San, San Diego's home, and uh, you know when I was when I was fortunate enough to to get drafted here, dream uh dream was alive, and San Diego's home. I love the people, love the city, and it's unfortunate that the Chargers left us. But I'm always gonna be a always gonna be San Diego, repping San Diego, and uh, they they called me for the the people's champ back in the day, and. Uh, was always fighting for the people, that's for sure. Hell yeah. Uh, coach Williams, Mike Williams, he's one of my buddies, coaches a lot. He's a JUCO coach out here. He's been coaching a long time. Um, he, he's been a fan of you a long time. He's known who you are. He coached in the IE for a long time, recruited your high school back in the day when he was coaching, uh, recruited out to Loma. Why out to Loma out of all those schools in that area? You, you come from a legendary area. People don't realize, I don't think people know that you're you, – let me ask you this, first of all, uh, and I hate to b- put you on blast. Do you believe you're a Hall of Famer? Uh, that's a that's a tough question. I, I've always have lived my life. Have they brought it up to you? Like, will you have an option, uh, an opportunity to be voted in? Yeah, I mean, everyone, once you're five years removed, you're, you're eligible at that point. Once I came out of retirement, then obviously it, it resetted my clock. Uh, to be up eligible. I mean, I'm tonight. The Hall of Fame is an incredible. The dudes that were in that should be uh, transcend the game, right? Like, like one of one. And did I did I think for times and what I did on the field were, were in that context? Yeah, but I don't live my life in what ifs. I. I uh, Hope for the hey, best. Eric, you, you, hey, Eric, you're cutting out on us. You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You hear me? Yeah, it's cutting in and out on us. Let me see. Hold on a second. Let me get a stream right. Um, I hear you clearly. Yeah, it's like it's super bad connection. I think. Let me see. Can you re? Can you just shut it off and re-enter it? Yeah, let me do it. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, Mike Williams in the house, uh, buddy of mine, poker extraordinaire we play with on Saturday. Mike coached Eric Weddle at Altaloma. 
I'm going to let Eric know uh, that. Uh, make sure we get Eric on a good connection. Um, Mike's a good friend of mine. He's been coaching a long time, uh, Juco, and uh, been coaching a long time. We'll get Eric back in the show here. Um, <clears throat> Alta Loma's finest, SoCal's finest. Fontana area. Coach Williams in the chat, who's been around this this business a long time. You got me now? I'm with you. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's just a little choppy. It's all good. Hey, let me ask you this. Mike Williams, who coached uh, – I I, you remember Coach Williams? He coached you at Alta Loma? Sure. Yep. He's in the chat. Um, he coached with me at Shafee College and, and, and San Bernardino Valley good. College. Yeah, yeah. He Hey, he plays poker with us, man, so we got to get down here soon. Um, but uh, let me ask you. People don't realize, like, Ronnie Lott is from your area, Fontana. Eisenhower was a powerhouse at the time. Fontana High was a powerhouse. They used to have 40,000 uh, people play at the game when those two powerhouses played. Um, why Alta Loma growing up? Shoot, crazy story. I was supposed to go to Etiwanda and I just finished up my last year in Pop Warner, and I had met with some of the coaches over there because I was getting ready to be enrolled. And they were like, yo, you know, we only want you to play football. We only want you to play basketball. We don't want you to play three sports. And I was like, uh, I'm not I'm not really uh, on par with that. And Altaloma was like, man, we'll let you play whatever you want. Come on over. And back then, Altaloma was, was really the top dog in the league between Rancho and Etiwanda. And Upland was really good back then, Claremont. But Altaloma was a school, but I wasn't zoned for them. Back then, if you weren't living in the area, you had to go, like, through a crazy interdistrict transfer, and they only let, like, one person per year. It was like you were never going to go to a different high school. And somehow my mom knew a superintendent, and that's how I was. I, I went to Altaloma. I didn't know one person at Altaloma when I went there. And Damn. it was the best decision I made. Altaloma, you know, they they kind of fell off since, but – you know, that's, that's how it was. And, and, you know, we had, we had a good run two, three year run and never won a ship, but man, this, we played mission Viejo in the semis, my junior year. And we had a squad. We had like, I think six to eight guys from that team go D one. And we lost 41 zero with, with uh, Jordan Palmer at the, at the, at the quarterback. And we, it was like, we had no shot. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, there's a different resource availability in Orange County, bro. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, different resources, man. Uh, Mike Williams in the chat, he said we were close uh, that year. Um, man, let, let me ask you, the game's changed, obviously, this transfer portal stuff. High school kids transferring four times in four years. You're seeing it trickle upwards to college. Now we got the college transfer portal at an all-time high. Um, I know we were talking the other day. Dion loses another one yesterday. This kid right here, uh, Tavion Beasley, he was with Dion at Jackson State. Um, is it becoming a little bit concerning when you're seeing all this, or is Dion trimming the fat from a roster that was just really, really bad, probably on a one eleven team? Uh, but twenty three guys entering the portal in the last forty eight hours. It, it, I don't know if I'd want to lose that many guys, even if they weren't that good. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh... The biggest, the biggest thing aspect of the transfer portal that I see, and even talking with the coaches at the University of Utah, and, and I'm so close with all those guys, uh, is just the culture and the, and the identity of, of who you are as a program. Uh, the turnover you're having at these universities is 30 to 40 guys 
each season. So seniors, graduating juniors that are leaving early, or the transfer guys that uh, basically all after spring ball, they're, they're looking to play. Can I? Can you release me so I can try somewhere else? And I know at the University of Utah, that's, that's the only way guys have left is if they came to the coaching staff. Never I heard of guys getting cut and, and that type of sense. And I'm with you yesterday. Like, I thought you were guaranteed at least five years of schooling. And if a coach comes to you and basically says, we don't want you, they still have to honor that scholarship, I would think. So I think this is the biggest thing. The, the biggest aspect is how are you going to keep that culture? How are you going to keep teaching and mentoring these kids uh, what the real world is about, what life is about, the accountability, the trust, working hard, all those all those different things that we talk about. How are you going to do that when you're getting 40 new guys each year, or in this case, potentially 20 to 30 guys before training camp? Like, uh, it's crazy. Do I think that, uh, that I should be worried? Well, they were terrible before the season. They could only get better, especially with uh, Prime, as he calls himself. Uh, at the helm and lean the way, but they're they're in a they're gonna be a rough year too before they get that thing going. It's it's not gonna be easy, especially in the Pac twelve. Yeah, it's tough. Um man, we we keep losing you in and out on this connection. Let me see if it I don't know if it's on my end or your end. Let me see. Try to connect this thing. Um uh, can you guys all hear it over here? <laughs> yeah, it's probably that where you at? Your man cave? Yeah, I'm just in my office. I I did a uh, I did a fan duel thing every every week with uh, like a same type of stuff. So I don't I don't know maybe. Oh, do you? Uh, hey, so let me ask you this: uh, This your first coaching gig? Yeah. So I just took over uh, in November, and the the. Uh, Old head coach is still on staff. He just uh, wanted to, more time for some other endeavors, but still loves coaching. And, and yeah, so I, my son is going to be in eighth grade. And I, I coached him in youth football, 12U and 14U. And it was – honestly, when I was growing up, I wanted to teach and coach. That's, that's what I wanted to do. I got my degree in special education, mild and moderate disabilities, and – that's what I wanted to do. I never wanted to or thought it was a possibility to play in the NFL. It was I watched those guys on Sunday uh, as like mythical beings and and guys that I, I just never put myself in that in that context that that was a possibility. So I, I went to school. I I played all sports. I was out to the streetlights, came on, you know, playing catch the flag, playing tackle football in the in the on the asphalt. Like that's what we did, just like just like you did. Uh, and the old school guys, it was never, we were never inside. So to get that opportunity to play, I took it and ran with it because, you know, I was literally living that moment where you get a, you're doing what you want to do. You're, you're, you're living that dream in a sense. Like I never wanted to, to take it for granted and never want to get the most out of it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm elated to, that I can, be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. No doubt. When you took this job last November, um, 
Probably the right time to take a job. I always tell people, if people that hit me up for jobs, I'm like, it, it, it's June. I'm not touching your job. There's just no, it's a no win. In November, you got a chance to get kids, reculture the place, rebuild, rewrap the place, put your, your philosophy on it, your stamp on it. You can go through winter conditioning, off season. If you're in college, you can get some mid-year transfers. You can build an off-season uh, winter conditioning program. You get jobs in May, April, May, June. It's too late. Like, call me back next November. People don't realize that when building a program. When you took this job uh, as your first job as a head coach as well, so you're sitting in the big boy seat right from the jump, are you seeing that it's just like night and day from when we grew up? Like, you're sitting there like, little Johnny, shut the hell up. Like, what are you looking at? What is the most glaring thing that you're seeing, like, what is different than when we grew up compared to these kids right now? Is it just the enabledness? Is it the instant gratification yeah. that they, they desire? Like they're just wanting handouts, aren't they? Like they don't really deserve, they don't really want to work for nothing anymore, do they? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big change. And, and before I get into that, uh, to all coaches out there, to you, Coach JB, like the admiration and respect and love I have for, for the guys that do this because they love the game and they're willing to try to help these kids is, is uh, can't tip your hat enough. And I honestly, Coach JB, I would have loved to play for a guy like you because the biggest quality, the best qualities I've ever been around as a coach are the ones that are honest and the ones that are real. And obviously the extra knows most coaches, I wouldn't say most, but the, the great ones know what they're doing, but the ones that can be honest with you and sit you down and tell you you're messing up, tell you this is why you aren't playing, this is what you need to improve. You don't need to sugarcoat anything, especially even at the highest levels. Like, I just always wanted to be forefront with me. If you don't want me, just tell me. I'm a big boy. I'm an adult. I can handle it. Uh, and it's about communication. So I just wanted to put that out there before to let you know and all the other coaches that I respect you guys and I am uh, – I'm newbie in this in coaching gig, but I but I respect the elders, respect the game, and always willing to learn. I go throughout this process as I've been going. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to surround myself with a, with amazing staff that have done it. I have two guys, two three guys on the staff that have been head coaches at the high school level for more than a dozen years. Uh, so I'm not in this alone. I, I I tell my coaches, I tell the players, we're in it together, and the biggest change that i saw since i was in high school to now is social media craze and and the thought that what i do on social media or what i do on seven on seven is more important than playing on friday nights and getting yourself ready to play with your teammates and the and the team goal and and what that aspect is who you are what's your culture what is what is the program what is the vision and trying to filter through that as a head coach has been somewhat challenging and and just understand this isn't the league this isn't uh go you know you better get your job done or you're fired like high school you you got to be much more patient and much more willing to to give these guys second third and fourth chances because you want to you want to make sure that they leave the program in a better place yeah there's a uh let me put this uh, thing in the chat. Um, there's a, th th let me ask you this. Um, oh my goodness. All right, I got this thing screwed up here. Um, 
Let me ask you this real quick. You you were just talking about this seven on seven thing. Um, I got to be honest. It's interesting you said that. You got guys that rather be on social media with seven on seven and all these different things than actually play with the pads on. Is do you believe it's just because these cats are really really uh they're we're seeing the NFL, Eric. You're seeing these 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 helmet condoms put on now. Uh, they, we like to call them helmet condoms or whatever they are. These shock hats. You're do, you're seeing them in seven on seven. And see, when I was when I was coaching in the inner city in Long Beach High School, all the schools we played in Orange County had those things on their helmets. We couldn't afford them, so we didn't have them. And I used to use that as, as like motivation. Like, nah, we don't want that shit. Like we want it, we, you know what I mean? We use we used to use that. Is do you see all these? Uh, I guess these privileges uh, really hurting these kids nowadays. Like they got everything at the fingertips at any. They can get anything they want nowadays because of social media, because of certain things that they're exposed to. Is it causing softness to come onto these football fields, these basketball courts? Um, at these uh, at the youth level, at the high school level, and it's trickling upwards for the first time in in, in our career. Because I tell you right now, Eric, we're seeing this softness at the at the youth in the high school, and we're seeing transfers at the high school level. Like I know you're dealing with that every day. You're probably like, God dang, they got another kid from so and so high school, and he transferred to so and so high school. Like we played where we went, right? We stayed at the high school, and we talked last night. My dad would have whipped my ass if I told him I wanted to transfer high schools. And yep. he would have been like, nah, your ass is about to compete right here with whoever they got. 100%. There was no transferring. You had the same dad as I did. And we're sitting there like, nah, there's no transferring. But now in college, you're seeing it happen four times. And now the NFL, you got you got contracted guys demanding trades. That never was a thing, right? Yeah, you're, you're spot on. I mean, we, we grew up in the era that – if if you don't if something's not right in the sense that you're not playing, you figure out why you go. I mean, you better go work harder, or you better go get better in school because you're disciplined. You're getting disciplined. Like there was never ever a thought that if I wasn't playing, that I wasn't gonna go work my tail off harder and go compete and show that I could take this kid's job. Like at any point ever of my career. That was never my thought. Every day I went on the field, it was a chance to prove to my teammates and coaches that I'm the man for the job. Because at every level, they're always trying to replace you. So it's crazy for me to think that these, that the just competition and the breed of just, I want to win so badly that I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to earn this job or to take this spot. Like I'm going to study so hard when I get my opportunity, whether it's one play, five plays, 10 plays. And I'm going to make the most of those plays. Like, it's just, I'm going to take the, the easier way and I'm just going to try to find the next best thing or the next best promise from some coach or some travel coach or whatever they're doing that, that tells me I'm going to start as a freshman at this school or I'm going to, I'm going to go here and be the guy. Like, that's not real. That's not reality. And it's just setting you up that when adversity hits in the real world, what are you going to do? You're going to fold. You're going to fold because you hadn't even fought through it at the youth, the high school level. So how are you going to do it as an adult, right? So uh, I see it. Uh, I just coach the guys that are out there, quite honestly. I'm not out there 
looking for other guys. I'm not looking for anything other than the guys that I have to get in trouble, first of all. Be fired before I even set foot on my first uh, first game as a head coach. Uh, but when you talk about the, the facilities, the privilege in a sense, uh, I think a lot of that stuff is just to stay face with the parents and the, and the moms. I can't tell you how many times at the youth level that I had to explain and go through drills of teaching the fundamentals and techniques of tackling because they're worried about concussions. And I mean, my son's been playing tackle football for six years. And in those six years, I only been coaching twice, but in those six years, I haven't seen one injury, not just a concussion, one injury at that level. So I, the, 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 the farce and the scare of, of what you see on TV is not reality at the at the youth level and the high school level, but trying to change those uh, opinions and what they see is a, is a tough challenge, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I've been saying this fallacy for a long time. I know we've had the great junior sales and those type of guys who have gone through all these things, and and they and they it's unfortunate you, you, they open these guys up and they say it's all from playing football and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, man, there's always outliers. There's always these uh, anomalies. Um, I, I, I'm i telling you, I don't know if I've ever had a concussion. People always like, are you crazy? And I'm like, I'm telling you, I wore a mouthpiece. Um, when Troy Aikman and Steve Young started getting all these mouth or all these concussions back in the late 80s, early 90s, and what's ended their career, obviously, early. Now, listen, I know I know concussions exist. I'm not saying they don't. I've had my my bell rung, right? That's what they kind of say. That's the, the first tier concussion. I'm like, but they didn't wear mouthpieces. They didn't want to. They wanted to talk. And when that head hits the ground and that jaw and those teeth compress, that is when you get a concussion. And if you talk to any real doctor or football person, they'll tell you, wear a mouthpiece. It, it'll probably cut it a lot of it down. Back in the day, too, Eric, cats wore Thigh pads. When they took thigh pads out, helmets started hitting those femur bones, the largest bone in the human body, and you started getting more concussions. But nobody wants to talk about any of that shit. And then it's like, hold on, there's some real, there's some real merit to a lot of these things. And there's a there's a reason why we have more injuries now than we've ever had in our history of football. And it's because you're trying to make it safer by making it softer. And now there's two philosophies going on. You got a guy coming straight down on kickoff versus a guy that's trying to block the kickoff coverage guy, and they don't want to really bang. So one guy's going full speed, one guy's not, and you're wondering why we're having so many injuries. No, it's because nobody knows what's really going on, and cats get their knees blown out, and they get their shoulders torn out because one guy's hitting harder than the other or vice versa. What happened to kickoff return, the wedge breakers, and football? Like, we didn't have this many injuries when the football game was really a violent gladiator sport. No, you're, you're spot on. Uh, so much has gone away from the actual training, practicing, hitting, tackling. Everything is a glorified walkthrough uh, or a, a, a practice with no, no pads at all. And they're, they're thinking uh, that is the better option to prepare yourself. Listen, football is a game. If you're not preparing your body, in mind these impact plays how do you figure you're gonna last and and i couldn't agree more when i first in the league obviously called and then in high school it was pads every day like that's what we did nfl started to change obviously with cba uh, in 2011 they, they felt 
you know, I didn't agree with it. And of course, don't listen to my opinion or guy, but, uh, you know, we had double, we had since March to April to May to June, we had four months of just training before we even hit the field of, of practice. Now you have four weeks and now you're already doing field work. You're not, your body's not ready for the guys that don't work out all the time. They're not ready. Now you go on the, the, uh, the train camp and you can't even have back to back added. We had every day was double day of full gear. Three days. Yes. I mean, so now I, I think that's the biggest. Uh, I don't think less is more. I worked out every day. Monday was my hardest lift, a full body lift from the game. Tuesday, I'm doing legs. Wednesday, I'm doing upper. Thursday, I'm doing a explosive lift, cleans, high poles. And Friday, I'm doing a gun show just with a couple, couple guys to keep the light and keep the, the weeks from, from dragging on together. But listen, there's a reason I only missed five games in 14 years. I prepared my body. I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't this and that. I, but I took it serious when I came to my body working out. I practiced hard. Uh, I was competing. I was hitting. Like I try. I treated the practice more than games, so the games were easy. Five games in fourteen years. I don't believe you can say that about anybody anymore. Ten NBA players played in every game this year. Ten. Um, there was one hundred sixteen hockey players, I believe. One hundred sixteen hockey players played in every <laughs> NHL game this year. Ten NBA basketball players played. And we had 900 NFL injuries, an all-time high. And I've, I've brought this weed thing into the discussion on Jason Whitlock's show, on different shows. I brought this weed thing in, and everyone's like, oh, you're crazy. And I'm like, first of all, this isn't weed we're smoking anymore. It's this vape stuff that's coming from a chemical uh, creation. So whatever you think this is, it's not what it was. And I said, and I'm not a weed guy, but I'm like, it's not what it used to be when we grew up, number one. And number two... It has direct correlation with soft tissue issues or injury and bone density issues and recovery. Why is it taking Zion Williamson, a 23-year-old cat, who's the greatest athlete in his sport, to recover two years from a hamstring injury? You can't tell me there's not something outlying. And I'm just like, 900 of those happened in the NFL last year, and it was hamstring, shoulder, soft tissue. And it's like, wait, why is the soft tissue issues happening at all-time rate? Is the investment, Eric, gone in these NFL players because of the bag of money has become so great that these cats are like, man, I've never seen this much money. I just got $100 million. I'm going to Bali, where back in the day, you get $10 million, You're busting your ass to get the next $10 million. I think cats are getting such astronomical amounts of money that they're really not giving a shit no more. Because the bodies, Eric, I used to watch you. You were yoked. Your jersey fits you like an NFL jersey should. Arms, core, everything fit for an NFL safety to take a shot, to give a shot, etc. The bodies I'm seeing, Eric, dog, these cats look like <laughs> high school kids. There's no definition in anybody anymore in the NFL. I'm like, wait up. What's happened to the body? Man, uh, that's that's a that's a loaded question. I I think it's I think it's a it's a two two or three fold to that. I think uh, I think when the rules have changed and the ideology that less is more that hey let's let's spend twenty thirty minutes on yoga let's do a thirty minute uh, 
uh, foam rolling session. Like when I got when I got to the Ravens, I was they tried to bring some of those guys in and and do those things with workouts. I said no, I'm not doing this. I'm not wasting my time doing this crap. I'm gonna come lift weights. I'm gonna move some weight around, and I'm gonna go run because that's how you get your body ready is actual running. And I'm gonna get ready for practice. I'm not. I'm not doing this. And I caught some heat for it, but I was like, this is a waste of my time. So I think, I think just the the way the NFL is going is less is more, and we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, sugarcoat uh, that lifting. You don't have to lift to get ready. Just do other stuff and the practices. I don't know. I think the guys that are motivated are the great ones at, at every level. Those guys are self-motivated. The guy, the, obviously, there's there's outliers that get paid and they don't work as hard. Uh, that just comes from motive, motivation and who you want to be. What you want to be remembered by. Like uh, nothing was ever going to be determined by how much money I made. It was what I wanted to leave as a legacy on the playing field. How I was as a teammate, as a leader, like no amount of money is going to change that. So uh, I think it's I think it's a couple of things uh, on that. I I've never really I smoked I, I smoked weed one time and I was like 13 years old and I don't I must not have did it right because I didn't I didn't feel any different so that was the last time I did it so I do know I see guys when those guys get a 30 minute break and they're hustling out of their car to get a couple of puffs and and I go to dudes houses and I see multiple just uh what do we call them cigarette things those little containers that you leave them in like it's listen it's i don't care what studies and all saying it, it helps you with and all that yeah in the off season that that the in season you're not motivated you're not working out you're barely awake you don't sleep you're not eating right like that's factual stuff from smoking weed and i'm telling you a lot of guys do it so uh i'm not gonna sit here and tell you what to do and what to not to do i just know by my experience and what helped me and I've seen over the course of 14 years of how the game has changed and how the players have changed. When I first got in the league, it was drinking, it was clubbing, it was partying day or night, but guys were pros about it. You weren't missing practices because you went out and had a few drinks. Now it's video games, sitting inside, never talking face-to-face, and smoking weed. I mean, that's what it is. That's the game now. So – it's uh glad, i don't know how to get better i'm glad to hear something someone like like yourself a vet say this because a lot of these cats don't they, they they think i'm just crazy i'm like i've never seen weed benefit a player in my entire life and everyone's like oh coach and i've had matt mcchesney on and you watch the show and you see older guys like matt and, and you're about your age he played in the nfl a few years but he now benefits from it at 41 I didn't say that. That's a different. I don't care what you do as a grown man. I'm talking about the 20-year-old or the 25-year-old. That's not benefiting. No, no, not one bit. You can't sit here and tell me that waking up, whether you eat breakfast or not, whether you get a workout or not, you're you're already smoking weed in the morning. To, that to try to tell yourself that you need it. No, I don't. I'm never gonna agree with it. You could you could you could sit here and put a bunch of little studies in front of me, but. I, I just I don't I don't think it's natural, especially for a 20, 25 year old. You're a healthy young specimen. Okay. Just get up and work and get those get your body feeling right. You don't need to sit here like a like a mummy 
<laughs> not motivated to do anything. I've seen it. I've seen guys that, that smoke weed every day and seen the, the, the guys that don't. And it's a distinct difference between the two. They're, night and day. Night and day. I'm trying to tell people. People think I'm crazy. I'm like, no, it's fucking night and day. Drink some water. <laughs> I'm like, God 100%. damn, man. It's, it's unbelievable. You wonder why the bodies look so bad. Uh, I know you got to get out of here, man. We'll have to do this again. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow night, if you got time, jump on the on the show. We're gonna do the draft thing. As you leave here, real quick, um, I gotta come down. I'm gonna come down and talk to you guys too for your, uh, your your staff and your players. Let me ask you this: what uh what is your biggest takeaway from draft day? What is, what are these guys expecting tomorrow? I just had my tenth first rounder last year. Jermaine Johnson is with wow, the Jets congrats. now. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. What what is what would you tell these guys, these young cats that get drafted tomorrow, the biggest day of their lives? Uh, you had all these movies out there, and you know they're going to show the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner twenty times tonight and tomorrow. Um, <laughs> what's your biggest takeaway? What would you tell these guys? What's your biggest takeaway? What are you looking for when draft day comes and your name don't get called versus when it does get called? Yeah, you just got to go in with an open mind. Like you got to remember, you're you're one of of 20, you know, not 20, but you know what, 12 positions, right. For a team that's trying to build and got, and has one pick per round. So a lot of times it's, it's luck. It's, it's a team need. It's, uh, you know, obviously every, all these kids are good and they, and they can play. If you're, if you're a draftable kid, you can play, right. There's, there's just other factors that go into it. Commitment. How bad do you want to be great? Uh, the system, et cetera, et cetera. For me, I mean, they were last year of rounds three were in the same day. And the first round was six and a half hours. And I was, uh, I came into the draft process as a mid round pick. I, I, I killed the senior bowl. I killed the combine. So it kind of pushed me up like a mid second to uh, late second. My range was about 40 to 50. The only chance for a uh, first round was the Chargers, the Patriots, and uh, at the end of round one. And I just remember sitting there and joining. I went golfing with my pops in the morning, shot the best round of my life. I shot a 71. And it was a par 70. And had all my friends and family. And we just, we just had a good day. We barbecued. We hung out. I remember four safeties going in front of me. Uh, Landry, Michael Griffin, Reggie Nelson, and Brandon Merriweather. All good dudes. All guys that I'm friends with after the fact. But I just remember I'm like, uh, I, I'm going to be the best one through. I'm, I'm, uh, my name will be, uh, the last one out of this group. And when I came called out of all 30 teams, man, to, to end up in San Diego, hour and a half of where I grew up, it was, it was insane. So just tell all those young guys, just enjoy the moment. Don't get all wrapped up in where I go or where I end. Honestly, it's better than not to be a first round pick. So you only, you get the four years and hit free agency early. So. Uh, if you're a guy that's bad that you come the second round, you should be happy patting yourself on the back because if you believe in yourself, you're going to hit uh, hit the, the second deal quicker than all these other guys. And you, know, you, you're, you get a chance to live your dream out. So make the most of it. No doubt. No doubt. Great advice, man. NFL, uh, great. Super Bowl champ. As you, I know you're getting out of here, man. <clears throat> they called you with the LA Rams a couple years ago, and you're retired. They call you. Uh, we already talked. A good friend of mine, Eric Yarber, is the wide receiver coach there. Yeah, uh, yeah. What was that like going back at – how old were you, 40? <laughs> I was close. I was 37. Uh, 
man, it was just so out of left field. I had just got done interviewing uh, for the, the head coaching job at the high school with the athletic director. And, you know, I, I see a call, missed call from, uh, from Raheem Morris. And I appreciate you, Josh. That's much love, man. Thank you. And uh, uh, are in the house. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, he, he was just like, basically, bottom line, he's like, you think you could give us 15, 20 snaps Monday night? This was Tuesday afternoon. Damn. I said, I said Raheem, are you out of your mind? Like, what, what is going on? I'm the best option you got. And he's like, uh, you kind of do. You'll, you'll, you'll pick up the defense in a day. You'll get your butt. We're not going to put you in crazy spots. And I'm like, hold on, man. Like, this, this can't be real. And, you know, it's just a, it just comes down to opportunity, bro, and, and living life living life not tomorrow's not guaranteed and i couldn't sit here and talk to anyone when i say i live with no regrets i have no regrets jb like i live life i give it everything i have i make mistakes i live and learn i move forward i don't ever look back so how could i sit here and look at my team in the face or anyone that i come across and i don't preach what i say and that was the biggest thing like other than my wife saying babe if anyone can do it you can and and you're like i'm like you're dang right you know i'm I'm one of the most mentally tough dudes in this world. At least I think so. So, oh, yeah. hey, if anyone can make this thing happen and try to help this team out in any whatever capacity, I didn't know what capacity it was going to be. Did I think I was going to be calling the defense in the Super Bowl? Of course not, right? But if I don't take that leap and go see what happens, I wouldn't be sitting here with a Super Bowl championship. So, hey, go take those chances. Who knows what could happen? Greatness awaits if you just go for it. And that's what I did, man. Great message. Uh, out of the three teams as you leave here, uh, you played for the Ravens, the Rams, the Chargers. What's What was the best organization? Oh, gosh. Because uh, you, were, you were in the Rams long enough, right? You win a Super Bowl. Yeah. That's easy to say. No, we I, won my, my, last year, my last year in the league in 2019, I, uh, I played my last year with the Rams. I, I would say structurally it's, it's, it's not even close between the Ravens and the Rams. Chargers are way down the way, wayside. Uh, just from the top down, ownership, management. Uh, Ravens do things the right way, uh, and the Rams do. Very, very similar ownership uh, from the head coach, the GM. Very communications, always open. You always know where you stand. Always willing to do whatever it takes for the players in the sense of, hey, we're going to go get this guy. We're going to try to win uh, facilities, treatment, supplements, whatever you need. Like, they're always – I mean, when I got – when I signed with Baltimore – they were more fixated on helping my wife and kids move out there than anything else. And that's what their family, their, their tight knit group. Uh, that's just uh, one of the big things. And you appreciate those older guys. I was, I was a, going into my year when I signed with Baltimore. So I would say those two. And there's about five to seven top organizations. Everyone else is just trying to trying to stay face and, and act like they're the top, but really not. Man, that's some great insight, man. We got to do it again. Uh, like I said, we'll get you down and play some poker. And uh, hopefully tomorrow we can get you on for a few minutes for the draft yes, uh, tomorrow evening. And, uh, hey, man, go coach them up today. Coach them up. Coach them hard. Love them harder. And uh, I know you got to get your kids ready to go to school. And uh, much love to everything you're doing, man. Keep grinding. And uh, I can't thank you enough. Anytime, Coach. Anytime. And uh, keep doing it, man. I love your podcast. I love your show. I love you are never changed for anyone uh people respect that at the end of the day you want to be respected so appreciate uh, you man. appreciate you eric appreciate it, man i'll talk to you later on you got it bro peace out
Eric Weddle, everybody. Uh, shout out to Eric. Uh, appreciate him jumping on, man. Almost on for 40 minutes. We uh, He had some internet connections uh, probably in his man cave. Um, so we'll get him on tomorrow night for the draft party as well. Uh, and we'll have him on. Uh, We'll have him on much more, uh, much more often. Uh, we talk every day. Uh, great dude, um, legendary dude. A lot of people don't understand. Thirty-seven coming out the house, going to play in a Super Bowl um, and winning. Uh, couldn't been more uh, ecstatic uh, as a player for him. Um, weather's always perfect here, uh, so you know it is what it is. Man, internet. Wish the internet was better, but. Hopefully we got enough good clips out of that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Chase Sr. will join me here in about 30 minutes. We'll talk about the 49ers. Trey Lance, does he get traded by tonight or tomorrow? Uh, the Eagles, do they draft B. John Robinson at 10 if he's around or not? I'm going to break down my top 10 AFC quarterbacks. My top 10 AFC quarterbacks. I'm going to break those down. Um Right after this, I'm going to go get me a coffee, take a piss, let my dogs out, and Chase Senior will join me. I'm going to break down my top 10 AFC QBs, my top 10 football movies of all time, and we're going to talk about Deion Sanders. Is everyone up in arms uh, about him losing 23 transfers? We're going to break that down. I'll be right back after this. Let me ask you this. This is a totally different subject because I'm sitting there watching this NASCAR, and I've had this conversation with multiple people. NASCAR drivers, athletes or no? Yes, this is why. Um, now, the, I define an athlete by a cat that can that looks decent shooting a jumper, that has a natural golf swing, that right. can bowl a strike, that can throw a football, that can get on the bench and hit two twenty five. Like I look at a guy and define him as that. Like I could do all those things. I know I you all that. Pat McAfee, he, 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 you could tell Pat McAfee when he was a he was a kicker in the NFL, but you could tell he could do all those things I just mentioned. Agreed. And people don't know some guys get out and be a stiff, horrible looking golf club. Like right. these, are, like they're good as an old lineman, but then are nothing else, right? Or or whatever you want to anyone like that. Yep. I define athletes that way that can play anything, even like shoot a shoot some pool or. You know, anything, any sport they're good at. I think that's the great athlete. So this is why I say this. I've got to know some NASCAR drivers. From so, what they have told me and what I've heard yeah, is they are literally, they do not recover in between races because of how, their, how bad their body gets beat up from race to race. They right. never recover fully. Right. Uh, kind of like football. We don't, you know, we don't get the soreness out for three, four days. Right. They're, they don't ever get it out between races. Right. Like, so, they get banged up. It is a collision sport. So, football and NASCAR were the only two, by definition, collision sports in the world. Hockey, basketball, and baseball considered contact. Contact, right, right. So, football no longer is collision, in my opinion. <laughs> What's I'm your take you. on it? I'm with you on that. So, my, my take is, if, if you're going to call race car drivers athletes, Tell me the athletic movement they're performing while doing their sport. Gas clutch, break, gas clutch break shift. That's not an athletic movement. I mean, look, let's be honest. You've got 16-year-old kids on the street right now doing it. I mean, highly skilled, great hand-eye coordination, balls, fearlessness, 
toughness, have to be in some sort of physical shape to, to go through the entire NASCAR season, right, and circuit, all of that. What's the athletic movement of turning left? Again, if so if they're athletes, fighter pilots are the greatest athletes who ever lived because they're going whatever they're going, one little mistake, one little turn of that yoke, and you're dead. And hey, it's a good like, conversation, dog. I so so listen, I, I respect what they do even more so by watching it and live and indie indie car even more so, man, because you know they got to make one more move on a pebble on that thing, they're going flying, right? Athletes, though, come on, bro. We know athletes are you know what athletes just are. Then. Is a baseball pitcher an athlete? Absolutely. That's an athletic movement. No question. Hockey, Ooh, baseball. We've got some fat, sloppy motherfuckers out there that don't can't even get off the mound. No doubt. No doubt. Jerome Bettis did not have the greatest body in the world. <laughs> That's a, but he can tote that rock, right? Leon Lett probably might have been the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my life. Warren, you, you need to see Warren Sapp then. Warren Sapp, Leon Lett. When 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 my boy was on that cowboy team and told me that Leon Lett used to beat Dion in the first ten yards out of a gate on a forty, I was like, "What?" They're wow. like, "Dog, I'm telling you, Leon Lett's a fucking freak." Wow, you played against him, I'm sure, right? Absolutely, he was towards the end of his career, but yeah, I definitely. mean, damn. I mean, what he did on those teams, I mean, I, I could see it. I, we've seen some freaks of nature, obviously, but and without oh, without having great bodies, I think you could. To me, throwing the ball hard or even controlling it, it's one movement similar to, to me, you got to move clutch, gas, brake, shift. That's four things, plus stay focused mentally and take the rigor of getting banged all day on 500 miles. I don't know, dog. That's really close, a pitcher and a NASCAR guy. Who's doing the work in that NASCAR race, the driver or the freaking car? Well, both if you bop that engine. Stop that. Listen, the pitcher, it's his power, it's his technique, it's his movement that's making that ball go from zero to 100. In NASCAR, it's the combustion engine underneath that hood that's making it go from zero to 100. Yes, it is. Golfer. Golfer, same thing. That's an athletic movement, bro. That that ball sitting there at zero, that's an athletic movement, and you're walking throughout. There's a reason why they don't ride in a cart. That is an athletic movement. Are there some fat guys playing it? Absolutely. John Cruck played baseball. That was an athletic move. All right, all right. You believe you, you, you. I gotta get Tayoka back on the show. Um yeah. Wow. Listen, it wouldn't have mattered if he throttled up or didn't right. throttle up. That contact was gonna happen anyway. It just that just was a bad scenario. Well, don't forget. That looks rough to me. Eric the Ranch dropping that video in there. I had to do a little combatment versus my boy Tioka. I don't know, man. It's a great poll question. Is a NASCAR driver considered an athlete? Um, that was a great conversation uh, with Tioka with and, uh, and myself. That guy right there in that car, he sure looks like an athlete to me. That's a lot of, that's a lot of banging. Uh, I want to show you a little video real quick of uh, my main man, Dinwiddie. If you don't watch Dinwiddie or follow Dinwiddie, I've liked Dinwiddie. I thought he's always been a professional. He plays when he can. Um, have a listen. 
not top five and I mean like all time two years three years after you're done they're gonna forget about you bro like let's be real about who we're still talking about if you didn't change culture like AI or Steph Curry with the threes or you're not literally Kobe Mike Braun or do we talk about Penny Hardaway do we talk about T-Mac do we talk about Brandon Roy for real other than injuries like and these are monsters like we're talking about these are dudes Some of the that greats. the yeah. greats if Shaq wasn't on TNT every night we may not be talking this, about him as much and he's the most dominant player in history so like you're gonna have to define sets for you and I understand the ring chasing for those guys because one more ring for Braun can be the difference between him being the GOAT or not or I caught Mike or I caught this guy or I didn't people talk about Dame all the time right for him he's not gonna be the GOAT regardless so if he's cool with his career and he knows that he made the right decision staying in Portland more power to him I have no problem with him and I'm not gonna say that he's a worse player for it you know what I'm saying like he's probably the second best three-point shooting point guard in the history of the game that's that's really the way I view it mm -hmm. like I I fully understand the method of ring chasing if you're right on that cusp of like oh I could overtake Kobe or I could overtake MJ or something like that but like if you're top 20 and down, yeah. which is basically everybody else, <laughs> yeah. bro, it's about you. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and if you respect in the game, then I have no problem with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, my take on that. The here's the thing. LeBron just didn't start chasing rings. LeBron didn't just start chasing rings. He left Cleveland fairly early in his career. KD left OKC fairly early in his career. You can argue the prime of their careers, they, they left. No other superstars left in the prime of their careers, ever. I don't care how shitty their team was. Kobe wasn't leaving. Jordan wasn't leaving. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Kareem, nobody was leaving their, their, their franchises early. You've never seen this many NFL great quarterbacks. Ever, 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 ever have you seen NFL quarterbacks leave at an all-time rate like you see now. Traikman never left. Dan Marino never left. John Elway never left. Jim Kelly never left. Warren Moon didn't want to leave. Steve Young didn't leave, and Joe Montana was the starter. Steve Young could have went anywhere. Guys didn't leave. They wanted to create their own legacy and win with their own team. Nobody chased rings, and I'm just leave it at this. We didn't want to play with you. We wanted to beat you. We didn't want to play with you. We wanted to beat you. And Brian Martinez still believes that Kobe wanted to go to Chicago. Dog, you know that was leverage. Have you ever read the book and, and listened to what he said? He said, yes, he would have went to Chicago. But he said he was using it for leverage. The Clipper thing was all leverage because the Lakers weren't making moves. So LeBron could do it and demand that you get Russell Westbrook. LeBron can do it and demand that you give me Dwight Howard and demand that you give me AD, but Kobe couldn't, huh? <laughs> Come on, man. It's unbelievable the double standards, some of you cats, man. The bottom line is, Brian, Kobe didn't leave. You're making excuses for excuses, homie. Kobe fucking never left. 
You're all talking about it. If it was a fifth, we'd all be loaded. If my, if my auntie had balls, she'd be my uncle. Fucking Kobe never left, homie. Where's your Where's your stance on that? Kobe never left, though. So what are we talking about? He never left. What if a could have, motherfucker? <laughs> the truth is he didn't leave. LeBron's left fucking four times, homie. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. It is a generational thing. B-Mart loves LeBron because it's a generational thing. B-Mart grew up in this generation, knows LeBron. LeBron's a freak. We get it. We know he's a great. 20 and 20 at 39, 38 years old. Fucking unbelievable. No question. I'm not knocking his athleticism. I'm not knocking what he's done. I'm not knocking that he wins usually everywhere he goes. But I'm telling you, chasing a ring, chasing greatness instead of creating greatness is a defining trait for me. It is a defining characteristic for me. I'm just telling you. It's defining for me. I just said LeBron wins everywhere he goes. I just said it, dog. You act like I'm denying LeBron's greatness. I'm not denying his greatness. I'm just telling you he's not the greatest. And he's not. And chasing greatness defines your character. I don't, I'm not chasing greatness, dog. I am the greatest. I will be the greatest. I'm going to be the greatest and create it my way with the roster that I have. You don't understand. That Miami team should have never lost to the fucking Dallas Mavericks, people. Let's just be honest. The Dallas Mavericks won a championship by building it from within. The Milwaukee Bucks won a championship by from with building from within during a transfer portal, quote-unquote, era. The NBA is still the transfer portal. We're, transfer portals are happening in the NBA every day. And the Milwaukee Bucks and the Dallas Mavericks years ago won it with a much less talented roster and beat super teams. They beat big threes. Some could argue big four. They beat big threes. I'm just telling you. Should not. So you're telling me the Kobe team that lost to Dallas in the Western Conference Finals that year was as talented as the fucking Miami Heat team? The team that had Derek Fisher and Shannon Brown was more talented than the fucking Miami Heat team with Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade, Shaq, LeBron. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Chris Bosch, like, are you shitting me? Do you see the Laker roster, homie? Did you watch that? Did you see the roster? Were you living then? Were you about five years old? Did you see the roster that Kobe had on that staff? Do you want to go look at the roster? Please go look at the roster. <laughs> I have no quarrels with Kobe wanting to be Jordan. But if you go and do what Jordan did and you can argue that he was as good as at it, at it as the original, then you got you came a long way. LeBron hasn't been, I don't believe, tried to be anybody but LeBron. I, I do believe he is his own person. I just believe that he's chasing something that he can't create himself. So I'm just telling you that. Um, 
He never won three in a row, though, Brian. He never won three in a row, did he? One, two, three, five, seven, nine. Motherfucker, he, you was out of Miami and fuck. <laughs> you left, motherfucker, and chased another ring. Shut up with that bullshit. Four, five, six, seven. Shut the fuck up. You was back in Cleveland, bitch. <laughs> I think Kobe won three in a row, huh? Didn't Kobe win three in a row? Uh, did did uh, LeBron? Oh, my bad. All right. Let's get into this. I got to get into my top 10 real quick. I want to get into my top 10 AFC QBs. Top 10 NFL, uh, NFL AFC quarterbacks real quick. All right. Let's get into it real quick. Um, Dallas was loaded. Come on, dog. You kidding me? Dallas was loaded. Come on, Eddie Manyweather. Let's talk AFC quarterbacks. Top 10. All right. These are my top 10 AFC quarterbacks. All right. Let's just get into it real quick. Um, JJ Barrera, Jason Terry. Oh, man. I love that loaded roster from the Dallas Mavericks. Eddie Manyweather. J.J. Barrera, fuck, man. He's a Hall of Famer, ain't he? He's got to be top 50. Did you put J.J. Barrera in the top 50 with Jason Terry? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go. Top 10, AFC. We're only talking AFC right now, and I know when you see Aaron Rodgers' name, you're going to think, oh, shit, uh, He's a he's a AFC now. Yes, uh, it looks weird to me too. Um, all right, here we go. Coach AB's top ten. I got Patrick Mahomes as one. As much as it hates to say, I hate to say it. It's because he has two rings and he's won two and he beat Joe Burrow last. If Joe Burrow would have beat him last, I would put him in the second Super Bowl in a row. I would have put Joe Burrow at one. Joe Burrow still needs to win the championship. Joe Burrow has to win a Super Bowl and. In all, and like, listen, my quarterback expertise and my knowledge in, of this game, I think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. Having said that, he is the closest thing to what quarterback play in the NFL should look like every single day. Having said that, Patrick Mahomes won two, been to three. He beat Burrow last, even though Burrow should have won that game. Burrow threw a couple late questionable picks. And you have to call it what it is. I'm never going to bullshit and lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. So when Joe Burrow gets him a Super Bowl, I'm going to put Joe Burrow at one. But until that, Mahomes has to be one right now. Um, and uh, and that's just is what it is. Um, Miles Wonder, drop your resume whenever you wish you want to drop it. I would love to see your resume, dog, if you want to talk about rare air, okay? I would love to see your resume when we're going to discuss yak yards and balls thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage by the great Patrick Mahomes. Let's see all the fucking bubble screens and now hitches and pop passes and shovel pass red zone touchdowns. I want to see the rare air. Of your resume, motherfucker. Since you know so motherfucking much. Talking behind the screen, but you can't show your resume. I can. I have film. We've broke it down. 
I can show you every single fucking aspect that Joe Barrow is better than Patrick Mahomes when we're talking QB play. But you are benefiting from a guy called Andy Reid and a roster that's been top three in the last four years in the NFL. And if you don't understand that, then shut the fuck up. You don't know football. And you can't talk on my level. So give me a resume or shut the fuck up. Rare air. Rare air these nuts. All right, here we go. Aaron Rodgers, I got at three. I think he's going to be rejuvenated, but I also said that about Russell Wilson last year. So I got Aaron Rodgers going to a pretty damn good roster, and I think that he puts the Jets in the conversation. But Aaron Rodgers could be argued that he's an overrated quarterback with one Super Bowl, and he has to win one. We're going to have to win a Super Bowl to put him in the conversation. Um, as a as a Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. I believe he has to win another one. Mahomes already has two. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have to at least tie him. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is on the rise. I think the Trevor Lawrence is on the rise. I think Trevor Lawrence is greatness waiting to happen and be pilled outside of himself. He has a coach now in the NFL. He has a um, – he's got a lot of things going – for him on a roster that is improving in a very, very bad conference division in the AFC South. He wins that division. He's going to be a guy that gets in the playoffs. We're going to break that down later on. Josh Allen, I have him as an under-achieving um, QB. I have him above Justin Herbert for the simple fact that he has won some playoff games. Herbert has not, but both of those guys, as uber-talented as they are, have to win some meaningful football games um, before I can talk about top four or five. Trevor Lawrence, the reason I put him above Josh Allen, even though he hasn't won as many playoff games, um, he did win his first playoff game in his first playoff appearance. Trevor Lawrence did. Um, What I have to say is Trevor Lawrence, I'm going with the youth. And that's why I put him ahead of Allen and Herbert. He did win a playoff game, and he's younger with a bigger upside right now in a shittier division. Josh Allen has to go through now. Tua, Aaron Rodgers, whatever Belichick throws at him and Mac Jones, and has to get through Burrow and Mahomes. Trevor Lawrence has to get through Burrow and Mahomes, but he has a very, very a much easier traveled route in the AFC South, and it has a better chance to get there. That is why I got Trevor Lawrence right where I have him. Uh, I'm going to put Russell Wilson after Herbert. Uh, I think he's going to be rejuvenated. This is the I got to die on this poll. I said it last year. I'm going to say it again. Hopefully, Sean Payton addition and the Sean Payton factor can get him over the hump, and the Russell Wilson uh, getting a couple new additions on offense, adding a few pieces like pre-line and those guys, uh, I think Russell Wilson has to perform uh, at a much better job, much better than he did. I'm going to put Tua at nine, and I'm going to put Deshaun, the weird one, Watson at ten. Um, I'm going to. That's going to be my top ten right now. Uh, Lamar is right after Russell Wilson, depending on where he plays at. Uh, if he plays in Baltimore, we'll see. But uh, rumors are out there uh, that. DeAndre Hopkins can still be going there. 
uh, along with OBJ. To me, you got two over-the-hill wideouts with a guy that can't throw the football on time. I don't see what the benefit is. But having said that, you know what blows my mind? It blows my mind. Justin Fields is not in the AFC Kung Fu Hillbilly. God damn. I said the AFC, dog. This is the AF fucking C. Listen. God damn. Some of you motherfuckers just want to talk. What about Justin Fields? Why is J- Where's Jalen Hurts? Where's he at? Motherfucker, it's the AFC. God damn. No, you're not kidding, motherfucker. Shut up. You ain't kidding. You got caught, motherfucker. <laughs> um, all right, fight me on it. What do you want to talk about? T- fight me on what you guys think. Who's your top 10? Who's your top 10 on the offense? Uh, John said, I'd take Gardner Minshew over Deshaun Watson. Shit. Um. Hey, it is what it is. Um, Kevin C. said, damn, can't even take a joke. I don't need to take a joke, fuck boy. You're on my show. (laughs) Here's Eddie Manyweather. Where's Dak Prescott? But Eddie's not playing. Eddie is so fucking slow, he really is dead-ass serious right now. That's the fucking difference. This ain't no joke from Eddie. Eddie's goddamn serious as shit. He thinks Dak Prescott's supposed to be on the AFC fucking top 10 and the NFC. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A.K.A. Mr. Hold On, Eddie Manyweather. Um, all right, let's get into uh, let's get into these guys right here. I'm going to bring them back up real quick. I'm going to bring them back up real quick before Chase Sr. joins us. These guys right here. Let's talk about these guys right here. I'm gonna ask. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna bring this topic up real quick. Chris. Chris knows more. Chris is about to be my fucking co-host around here. She got the analytics, girl. You about to bring it. You about to come on. Be my Joy Taylor. Drop some. Drop some. Some stat dad on me every morning. Um. Here we go. Out of these guys right here, though, Chris. Not all of them are going to make the playoffs. There's only eight slots. Who misses the playoffs? And remember, there's still Tannehill out there, even though we don't we don't know what's going to happen with Henry. We don't know what's happening in, in Nashville with the Tennessee Titans. But let's just be honest and go through these QBs. Who's going to miss the playoffs? So the Raiders got Jimmy G. I don't believe they dethroned the Chiefs. Um, the, the Chiefs lost Hardman. The Chiefs lost Schuster Smith. Uh, I don't think they're going to be dethroned by the Raiders. Now, the Chargers, always Charger. Uh, Eric Weddle, Charger great, just said that. That's the worst franchise he's ever played on uh, as far as how they are ran and organized and structured. So having said that, Herbert scares me in that situation with the Chargers. So I'm going to keep Mahomes in the playoffs for right now, obviously, coming out of the AFC West. Uh, I think the Raiders are the last team in that division. 
Uh, let's move on to Herbert and Russell Wilson competing versus Patrick Mahomes. Can three of four AFC West teams get in the playoffs? It could happen. They said all four could have got in last year. Here's the thing about it. Patrick Mahomes will get in because of Andy Reid factor, because of their roster. They they didn't lose too much. They lost a few speedsters at wideout. They'll replace them. They still have Travis Kelsey. And uh, and and my worry, though, is Kadarius Tony. can he stay healthy? If not, they have to go get a wideout in this draft. I think the Chiefs are going to go get a receiver in this draft, and I think they'll go get a receiver. They'll probably go get another pass rusher and a secondary player in this targeted draft here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sean Salisbury and I already broke them down. We'll break them down tomorrow for the draft. But the Chiefs, I believe, will be in the playoffs. So Patrick Mahomes will get back to the playoffs. I just think Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, that offense, that team, is uh, is too good to miss the playoffs. So let's talk Justin Herbert. Can the Chargers play well enough outside of the Chiefs, outside of the Broncos, outside of the Raiders, and win games versus Miami, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. Can the Chargers beat those teams? I'm going to say this year that uh, – we'll get back to the predictions. Russell Wilson. Can Russell Wilson and, and Sean Payton get over the hump, and can Denver Broncos get to the playoffs? Um, I don't know. Going to be interesting. So that's three quarterbacks right there that are really good, that have had success. Which one of those three? Mahomes, Herbert, and Russell Wilson don't make the playoffs. Which one of those don't make the playoffs? Jimmy G's not even on the list in my top 10 right now, but the Raiders, I believe, uh, I don't believe they're good enough right now. I don't believe they're good enough. So he's not even on the top 10 discussion, but I don't believe the Raiders get in. But out of these, out of this group, there's going to be some quarterbacks left out. These are 10 good quarterbacks. Who gets left out of the playoffs? That's all I want to know. Uh, Gorian said Russell Wilson won't make it. Um, let me ask you this. Does Deshaun Watson make the playoffs in Cleveland with a unsure quarterback situation at Baltimore? With Pickett in Pittsburgh, the small-handed bandit. Um, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting, man. It's going to be very interesting. And then in the East, let's go NFC, Let's go AFC East. Josh Allen in Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers in New York. Tua in Miami. And you got Mac Jones in New England. Not all four of those quarterbacks are making it. This is going to be very, very competitive, very, very interesting this year. What QBs get into the playoffs and who's left out? Tomorrow we're going to do NFC. Today's AFC. But very good question. Very good. Um, some real talk banter to be discussed here on who don't get in, who gets out, who doesn't, who gets left out. Uh, it's going to be interesting because you still have Tannehill, Mac Jones. You got those guys not even on this list. Jimmy G. Uh, there's other AFC quarterbacks, uh, Pickett. There's other guys in there, and does Pittsburgh make the playoffs? Pittsburgh, with the Mike Tomlin factor, being a top three coach, in my opinion, I think Pittsburgh can get in the playoffs. Pittsburgh can get in the playoffs. And Tua won't make, make it, I agree with Chris. Tua won't make it because he won't even be in the playoffs. 
because he won't be playing, period, in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, damn. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, AFC has some great, great quarterbacks. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, on the optics side, at least. Um, on the optical side, they do, for sure. Um, Oh, um, Tua makes the top 10 all medical team. All right. I got a, I got this interesting take here. Somebody sent me this picture. Top 10 best football movies of all time. Uh, by Sog football. I don't know who that is. Somebody sent me this. Remember the Titans, Rudy, Friday night lights, any given Sunday, invincible, the longest yard, Brian song, the water boy draft day and gridiron game. That is their top 10. You got, where is your guys top 10 best football movies? Just football movies. Someone's going to say, where's fucking the natural motherfucker. It's only football movies. God damn. Some of you motherfuckers just don't listen. All right. This is not my list, by the way. I'm just throwing out there 10 top 10 football movies. I'm going to do this tomorrow with Steve Kim because Steve Kim, guarantee you, has North Dallas 40 in there. He also has some other movies. I wouldn't have Brian Song in there. I wouldn't have Any Given Sunday in there. I'm not an Any Given Sunday fan. I just, I just know they made it too dramatic al pacino as great of an actor as he is was a horrible football coach actor uh i didn't like the movie um rudy is uh is not in my top 10 i'm not a rudy guy i i just rudy to me is just uh it's more of a disney flick even though invincible is a disney flick i liked invincible much better than rudy much better than any given Sunday. I like feel-good stories that come out at the end through tr- some adversity. Rudy was through, he went through adversity and all that, but he wasn't any fucking good. <laughs> I don't want you to tell me this three-hour fucking song and dance about a fucking walk-on motherfucker who had to go to a JUCO in Notre Dame in Indiana to make it and was a walk-on at Notre Dame. Um. Eddie, this is not my list, homie. God. Some of you motherfuckers, man. So on my list, if if there's a football list and you don't have the program on it, to me, there's a problem. I also would have the replacements on it. And I would also have necessary roughness on it. Those would be three movies that would jump out at me that would be on this over Any Given Sunday, Brian Song, and Rudy. Those would be some of those. Uh, Brian Song, uh, I'm not a Brian Song guy. I'm not a a Brian Song guy. We have Marshall. Uh, Maybe. Uh, I mean, We Are Marshall. Maybe We Are Marshall makes it. I don't know. Does Gridiron Gang make it? Gridiron Gang was a true story. Um, I know the the people that were coaching at that time, but 
I don't know if Gridiron Gang would be in my football movies. I'd have to get in there. Draft Day would be. I like Draft Day. I actually watched it as I fell asleep last night because it's on. It's going to be on fucking every day for the next two days since draft is tomorrow. Um, Remember the Titans would be there. I think it would be number one for me. Remember the Titans probably would be number one for me. But I would take Rudy out of there. Friday Night Lights, again, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of Varsity Blues than Friday Night Lights. And I know Friday Night Lights is a, is a true story and all that. But I'm a bigger fan of Varsity Blues than Friday Night Lights. I just, I like Varsity Blues. I like that, you know, they made the movie up. It was just a fun movie. I like Varsity Blues. I like Replacements, Necessary Roughness. I would take Rudy out. I would take Any Given Sunday out. I would take Brian's song out. I would take Friday Night Lights out, probably. And I would bump shit up. I'd bump shit up. And Gridiron Gang, I'd probably take off, too. Yeah. Eddie. Come on, Eddie. North Dallas 40, Mike. Mike, you're old school. You got age on me. You like North Dallas 40? Steve Kim loves North Dallas 40. He thinks it's one of the best football movies of all time. Do you like North Dallas 40? Um, comedy element is important to me, but it depends on a football. If it's a true football movie, are we talking football movie? Are we talking made-up entertainment football movie? Are we talking the radio? Because I might put the radio on there. The radio is a true story, so I would probably bump the radio in there as a football movie. Um. I probably would put. I probably would bump in the radio. Um, maybe the radio. I don't know. Um, but the program would definitely have to be on there, right? We already know if it, a foot, if the program's not in a top ten football movie, you have a fucked up list. I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah, the program has to be on a top ten football movie. Has to be. Um, so. Radio is literally about a football guy, though, Eddie. This guy is a legendary South Carolina high school legend who passed away, by the way. Um, passed away, by the way, a couple years ago. All right, let's get into this NBA talk real quick before Chase Sr. talks in and jumps in and we talk some NFL. Um, and before that, though, I got to show you. Don't fuck with a golfer. This guy right here got upset that he missed a putt and he fractured a guy's skull with a golf club. He's being charged with attempted murder. Um, don't walk in front of my line, motherfucker. I will hit you with a fucking golf club and scat shatter your skull. <laughs> God damn, dog. It's unbelievable. So we got some weirdo fucks out here in society right now. I'm just telling you, we are in a very, very bad uh, place uh, in America. I'm just going to be honest. Um, Deion Sanders, man, Colorado transfers took to Twitter. Let's get into this one. Since I'm not allowed to have it because the head coach at Colorado won't allow me to have my film. For the coaches who are trying to recruit me, I'm sorry but I will not be able to get y'all my film. 
from my practices last season since I am not allowed to have it because the head coach of Colorado won't allow it. This is very unlucky. And if you have any questions, just text me. <laughs> oh, that's comical. All right. Let's let's get into let's get into this. All right. Um Let's get into it. First of all, practice film for transferring to another four-year institution. It, Chris, it is it is used. Coaches will look at it. But to be honest, Chris, let's just be honest. The kids leaving Colorado and the, and the, and the portal kids have left Colorado. I, I showed a video last night. Uh, I, I shared a tweet last night of a kid that is – also talking about not getting his film. Listen, if you think that kid is a big-time Power 5 player, then you don't know what a big-time Power 5 player looks like, and you're delusional. Dion is trimming the fat from a program that went 1-11. He got through his books. He got through the numbers game through the seat, through the spring at Colorado, and now he's letting them know this is a change. There's harsh realities coming. There's harsh truths and realities that you must understand. You aren't the guy that we're going to use here going forward. Now, I have good friends on that staff. One of my best friends in the world, by the way. From what I know, Dion has been transparent with every one of those kids and said, listen, here's the deal. And he has given the opportunity to come in and speak with him and sit down with him. All we're seeing are tweets and Instagram stories and TikTok videos about guys leaving Dion. Okay. This guy played for Dion at Jackson State. Jackson State is not a Division One big time Power Five program. Okay. So Jackson State is not a team that is going to have success when a player leaves and goes to a power five. He's now seeing, oh, shit, I'm probably not as good as I thought. So everyone's tripping on this kid because they're like, dog, Tavion played for Dion at Jackson State. If he's leaving, everybody's tripping. Dion's lost his mind. Let's just be honest. He's not that He's not that good, first of all. This, the kid's not that good, okay? I'm not even, I'm not going to even, t I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that the, 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 the number one player in the country that's playing both ways, what's his name, Travis Hunter? I got to see how good he is because I don't know if he's that good because everything I saw of him at Jackson State, if you're this good and you're the number one player, um, I gotta be honest. I didn't see him dominate the HBCU like I thought I should have. If you are that good in Alabama and all these guys were supposedly interested, number one, it tells a lot about you. Why didn't you go to Alabama? Number two, you didn't dominate and you did not separate yourself from the HBCU. U level. 
I don't think Travis Hunter is all that. But it's going to be seen this week. I mean, this year. We're going to see how good he is. I don't believe Shadir Sanders is very good at all. At all. I'm not a believer at all. And there's just sometimes Matt has his Homer glasses on, dog, because we argue about this one all the time. Shadur Sanders, if he's a Heisman candidate, then we are shitty at the quarterback position in college football. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, come on, Eddie. I coached and raised. Orlando Scandrick. This cat is not a Orlando Scandrick. Let's just be honest. Stop. Stop, Eddie. Stop, Eddie. Travis Hunter is not fucking Orlando Scandrick. <laughs> Orlando Scandrick was the most elite punt return, kick return guy in college football as a true freshman. He made freshman All-American at Boise State. First of all, number one. Number two, I haven't seen Travis Hunter do anything elite in the special teams game that Orlando Skandrick once did. Now, what is he? Is he an offensive player or is he a defensive player? I have to know. Is he a DB or is he a wideout? Because I am having a hard time looking at him and watching him in the spring game and saying, Fuck, he's an elite lockdown corner. He's a Deion Sanders type, quote-unquote. Or I'm looking on offense, and I'm like, damn, that motherfucker is big-time wide out. That motherfucker is T.O. Well, he's not either. He's not a lockdown corner, and he's not a T.O. I'm confused as to where everyone's saying he's so great. Because obviously Dion's putting him in both side, both ways. Dion's around him every day. Dion knows more than me about the kid. I'm just looking as a personnel guy, and as a guy that evaluates talent, and that's just my personal opinion, my professional opinion. I don't see the Dion Sanders and Travis Hunter. I don't see the big time elite wideout in Travis Hunter. Sorry, that's just what it is. And I haven't seen him do anything elite in special teams. So what is he? Why is he so hyped? Why is he this big-time four-star kid? I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it. But we'll see. Hey, only time will tell, dog. I'm not saying he's shitty. I'm just telling you, I don't see the greatness that everyone else is seeing. And I'm going to be honest. That Colorado spring team looked like a bad JUCO team that was inherited by me before I brought in players. I'm just telling you, that's just what it looked like. And that is why Dion's trimming the fat. Listen, what expectations do, do you have on Dion? <laughs> what expectations do you really have of Colorado? You guys are already talking about Colorado imploding. What do you fucking mean? They went 1-11 last year. Dion is taking over a 1-11 program, a program that's been fucking god-awful for years. Why are you now saying... Now, listen, I'm not in defending... I'm not defending Dion. I don't... There's... I've already talked to you about my thoughts about Dion and all that. 
I'm just telling you, you're take, he took over a program that is god-awful. Why is everyone so enamored with 23 kids leaving in the spring? Dog, I'm pretty sure he's designed it this way. Because if he's losing all these kids that you think is are so important to the program, then he would be the dumbest coach of all time, right? So let's just be honest. Let's relax. Let's see what ends up happening this season and just see the growth. And if the team's gotten better because they need D-line help, they have no D-line, they need some big-time D-line bodies, and they need some O-line. They don't have the roster yet. And once guys start to use the Dion coach prime lore against him, see, I'd be killing it right now. If I was Oregon, Washington, SC, UCLA, I would absolutely be killing the narrative of Dion in prime time. Hey, dog, you guys want to go play against Dion Sanders? Let's go fuck up this cat. Deion Sanders, he's on social media every day. You want to be on social media every day? Let's go beat that ass. You can turn kids and get them to buy into beating a guy. Do you know how many people wanted to beat us on Netflix? Do you know the shit-talking banter back and forth between players and coaches leading up to our game knowing they were on Netflix? Do you understand Garden City playing us on Netflix? Those cats wanted to play us at an all-time high. They're elevated their games at an all-time high. They didn't want to lose on Netflix. Do you think kids don't want to beat Deion Sanders at Colorado's year one before they get going? You're crazy. I'd be using it against him. Washington has a talented roster. So does Oregon. So does SC. So does UCLA. I'd be using it against them right now and making sure that we put our fucking foot on Dion and the primetime's neck so that they don't get it. They don't get jump started. But we don't have that no more. We don't have that type of uh, mindset. We don't have that mindset. Um, yeah, Utah, Utah's good. Utah's good too. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot out there right now in the Pac-12. There's a lot out there right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe that he's a power five guy, but anyway. Chase Senior will be joining us. We're going to talk 49ers, Eagles, who they take in the draft, what the 49ers do. Uh, sorry about yesterday's show. It got deleted from YouTube for a while because of uh, copyright, the Tank Davis fight, the punch, a 30-second clip. They copyrighted me and took the show down for about five hours. So we finally got it back up. It was, a, it was actually doing really good numbers-wise, and then that, Taking it down killed it, but appreciate all you guys going back and watching it. It got back up to almost 4,000 views, I think, overnight, so I appreciate you guys. Um, the Clippers, where do they go? Do the Clippers blow it up and get rid of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? I, I would have never – see, I told – I was on this show and saying 
I don't want Kawhi Leonard as a Laker. I think I was like, who? AD, Kawhi, and LeBron? I'm like, two of them don't even play. I said it on my show. And now Kawhi Leonard plays game one and two, dominates, showing the player that he is. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard is one of the top five talented guys in the NBA when he's healthy. You can say that about AD as well. When, if, if and when is just... The biggest two fucking words that are so mismanaged and misused. If I won the lotto, coach, if I would have won the lotto, I would have a big house on a lake overlooking the ocean with six cars, private jets, Finest foods. (laughs) No shit. Sherlock's fucking homeboy. If, coach, I wasn't gifted a clitoris for a penis, I'd be a porn star. (laughs) No shit. But you have a clit as a dick. That's the problem. You cats don't get it. You don't understand. <laughs> we always want to talk about an if and a fifth. If an if was a fifth. I mean, dog, I don't understand. No shit. No fucking shit if. If, if, if. Then, and then what if? What if is another one. Oh, fuck, I love it. What if? Coach, what if I didn't hook that field goal and fucking clank it off the bar? We would have won the championship. Coach, what if I would have fucking not thrown that fucking pick six? What if I didn't eat all those donuts, Coach, and actually woke up in the morning and had a fucking goal to set and fucking... Made my bed in the morning and actually had a was on a mission and fucking what if I would have did that shit thirty years ago? Here's what if you would have did that: you wouldn't be six hundred pounds, forty five, living in your mom's basement, talking about what if. <laughs> you this is what if. All right, I'm gonna be honest. This this is the what if guy. Hello. Oh. How are you? Good, 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 good. That's the what if guy. That's the what if guy. That fucking idiot is the what if guy. Here's here's the here's the deal. Here's the deal. All right. Here's the deal. Breaking news. Here's breaking news. That's my breaking news thing. I got to get a breaking news thing. Here's breaking news. Breaking news is uh, Chase Senior is joining the show. Let's let's go there. Clap it up for Chase Senior. Chase, what up? I was gonna break JB. news. JB, 
I was going to break news real quick that Kawhi Leonard has been diagnosed a day after they lose uh, with a torn meniscus. Um, do you know, I just want to throw this out there real quick. I know two people off the top of my head, myself being the third. I tore my meniscus on a uh, in a game on Saturday, and I played the next game on Saturday. And I remember Ron Artest tearing a meniscus, and he during the playoffs for the Lakers, he tore it on I think a Tuesday night game, and he missed two games and was back for the third game uh, of that playoff first round series, and. Dennis Rodman did the same thing in the 90s when we didn't even have laser scope. Ron Artest actually benefited from the razor, uh, laser scoping process of a clean-out meniscus. The meniscus is not a torn MCL, ACL, a, uh, PCL, so we're clear for all the doctors out in the chat. Let's be clear. You can play on it. I did it as a quarterback. Now, I wasn't jumping and moving around like these NBA players, but I still had to play quarterback at a high competitive level chase have we just become so soft and enamored by the actual taking off time um that it's become unbearable because lavar ball or whatever whatever ball brother has had a torn meniscus for two fucking years yeah it's ridiculous honestly and it's a completely different era and i remember joel Embiid a couple of playoffs ago I believe he had a sprained meniscus. He still played. Now, he had to wear a big, bulky brace, but he was still out on the floor. And I know that you have your thoughts about Joel Embiid, but he's been injured a lot throughout his NBA career, yet he has not been as conservative as Kawhi Leonard. And it's really frustrating because Kawhi Leonard is a fantastic player, two-time NBA champion, and during both of those runs, he's been the NBA Finals MVP, and he's beaten some really, really good teams when he's won an NBA championship, the LeBron James Heat team, and then the Golden State Warriors, even though they suffered a lot of those injuries, that was still a really, really good team. But Kawhi Leonard is just a different breed in the wrong way. He's the most conservative player I've ever seen in this rest load management era. And he doesn't take the regular season seriously. He does take the playoffs somewhat seriously. And that's why it's unfortunate for us as basketball fans, because in game one and game two, he was going shot for shot with KD, and that was excellent theater for all of us as basketball fans. And then he hurts his knee, and he's out the rest of the series, and that's without Paul George. So if I'm playing basketball, and I understand that Paul George is already out, I have one of the best coaches in the NBA in Tyron Lue. I have a realistic shot after stealing game one on the road in which you stole back home court advantage to win this series against Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, I'm trying to play regardless, but water is wet. Kawhi Leonard sat out. It's not a surprise at all. Yeah, I'm just over it, man. It's unbelievable. The fan base, in my opinion, should straight up strike. I wouldn't pay these cats salaries and go to these games. I would if I was a if I was a home uh, or if I was like a, 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 a what do you call it a, a season ticket holder. I would tell the Clippers organization and all these owners. If this player don't meet a certain criteria, meaning how many home games do they have? 40, 40, 41. 41. 41 home games. If they don't play 35 of the 41 home games, I want a full refund. Put it in a contract. 
these cats are buying these astronomical mo- amounts of money, paying for money that these cats are showing up. How many home games did Kawhi Leonard play this year? Uh, less than 30. <laughs> yeah. Like, it had to be a lot less than 30, right? Yeah, it's a lot less than 30. I actually think the number, him and Paul George playing together in the playoffs, I think they've only played three games together. And then them playing home games together is some, like, really, really no number, too. And it's it's also unfortunate because the NBA regular season has become an absolute joke, right? But if you've been watching the NBA playoffs, we've had some great performances. I mean, LeBron James drops 20 and 20 the other night. Jimmy Butler, a straight dog, goes off for the most impressive playoff performance in the history of the Miami Heat to take a 3-1 series lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. Trey Young last night didn't show any fear. He looked like a young Steph Curry out there with the range and the fearlessness that he went about in Boston to hit that shot with a little jab and step back on Jalen Brown. And that Warriors-Kings playoff series has been awesome, yet this load management and then Kawhi Leonard being out, it does water down the product to a certain degree. Yeah, it's bad. Um, all right, as you walk into work, let's get let's get to brass tacks here. The NFL draft tomorrow. I hope you can pop on. I know you're doing a show tomorrow too. I just had Eric Weddle on. He'll come on tomorrow. We got other guys. Eric Weddle is in full agreement about a lot of things we discuss here on the show. He's like the weed thing is a real thing. He goes, I've seen it in person. Uh, how soft these cats are. I've seen it in person. The body taking care of the body. He said these NFL players. Uh, aren't even close to what we used to do. They don't look like we used to do. Uh, Eric Weddle missed five games in 14 seasons. He said that would never happen anymore. Um, here's the thing I have to ask you. The NFL, tomorrow's the draft. I asked Weddle about it. I want to ask you about it. He said a lot of underlying things happen in or- inside organizations today and get ready for tomorrow. He believes, uh, off the record that we've talked, that the Niners are going to do something because um, of all the movement that is happening tomorrow. Do you believe Trey Lance gets moved, and can he afford? Can they afford to lose him by having Sam Darnold there? Um, he is somebody that you have to, at this point, Chase, get something in return. I know you're not going to get what you gave up, but you have to get something, right? Yeah, I just don't know if the timing of trading Trey Lance makes a lot of sense because they're just not sure what the timeline is for Brock Purdy's injury. If Brock Purdy was 100% healthy, I think Trey Lance would get dealt on draft night, and I don't think it would be a question because then you go Brock Purdy as your starter, Sam Darnold as your number two is a guy who you, myself, Sean Salisbury, were talking about last week from an arm strength and size standpoint solid player who has potential he just hasn't had any organizational stability so far in his nfl career multiple offensive coordinators and then you draft a quarterback late like a dorian thompson robinson who they've met with three times in the pre-draft process but because you don't know about purdy's injury does it make sense to trade away trey lance now or do you wait until a little bit later when a team maybe suffers a quarterback injury they're a little bit more desperate for a quarterback because the guy that they brought in isn't playing well or something changes on that roster. If I'm the Niners, look, you traded three first-round picks to move up to take Trey. He's 6'4", 225. 
in limited snaps. I think that he's shown solid pocket mobility, pocket awareness, has a strong arm, solid athlete. What I'm trying to do is see what he can become this offseason. So Purdy's going to be shelved for a little while. Best case scenario, he's back week one. I think that that's a stretch. And I'm going to see what Trey Lance can do by giving him every single snap this offseason to see if he can fulfill that potential that we saw in him when we moved three first-round picks to move up to number three to take him in 2021. The problem with San Francisco is that they have a Super Bowl-ready roster, one of the more talented teams in the NFL, and Trey Lance going all the way back to 2019 at North Dakota State has a combined 21 starts. So they can't really afford to give him a lot of time to find a groove, get acclimated, and to work through some of the inevitable wrinkles that come with being a young quarterback. And I think that's their issue right now. Now, San Francisco gets blown away by an offer, second-round pick, because they don't pick until 99. Then maybe, you know, they trade Trey Lance to move up and get an offensive tackle, which they need because they don't have a right tackle or something else. I would also keep an eye out for a Brandon Ayuk trade. He's gotten better and better every single year. Last year, career high in touchdowns. He surpassed 1,000 yards. I think he's better than C.D. Lamb. He's got great footwork. He's a goal-line-to-goal-line player. Yards after the catch guy who plays a little bit bigger than his size. I think he's one of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL. If you can get up to, like, let's say 25 if the New York Giants were to trade for him. And that allows you to get your future right tackle, considering that you can't pay Brandon Ayuk when he wants a contract extension after this year because he's heading into year four, then maybe that makes some sense for San Francisco. That wouldn't surprise me either. All right, let's transition. Uh, tomorrow will be interesting for the Niners if they move around or not. Um, but but the Eagles, top ten pick. Um, I think – I want to get a hot take from you today, a hot, a hot pick, a can't, a can't miss pick. I made mine yesterday with Sean. I'm gonna, we're gonna make our mock draft tomorrow during the show, but I think Jalen Carter goes to the Seattle Seahawks at five. I think Pete Carroll's known to do that. I think he'll take the chance. I think he's had those type of kids. He's taken two of those type of kids from me and my programs over the years um, at SC when he was there. Plus, he he drafted a few of my players that I've played uh, that I coached. Um, Bruce Bruce Irvin is one of them. Um, yeah. let, let, let me get this. Let me ask you this. That's my take. I think the Arizona Cardinals may not pass on B. John Robinson at three. Do you take a back that high? Sean said you don't usually, but B. John is different. Um, why not, in my opinion, and, not, and why not get rid of Connor, who says he's disgruntled, he wants out along with D-Hop, Buda Baker, Chase. It seems like everybody wants to leave that, that, that place right now, and I think there's one common denominator, and that's the mental midget, Tyler Murray. But that's a whole other discussion. But why wouldn't you go get a Bijan to go with Kyler if you have a team that needs some help and knowing you're going to lose a Connor, knowing you're going to lose a, a, a guy like that, would you pass on that at, at, at number three, or do you need too much? Yeah, I'd pass on Bijan at number three, just because you look at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, which has been rumored to maybe draft Bijan at 10, and you look at, at a team like the Arizona Cardinals. What's the difference between those two organizations? A shit ton, right? Eagles just made it to the Super Bowl. They have a top 10 pick. How often do you pick inside the top 10 when you made it to the Super Bowl? Rarely, if ever. They're a really good team right now with very few needs, and running back is a need. 
the Arizona Cardinals, they have a terrible roster. I mean, if they played in the XFL right now without Kyler Murray, they might get beat by a couple of XFL teams. And I think if you're Arizona, you're looking for some franchise building blocks that can be pillars for your franchise for the next 10 years. So I'd go offensive tackle like Paris Johnson. If Will Anderson falls to you, I'd go him. Tyree Wilson, edge rusher out of Texas Tech. I'm going at a position like that because I'm pretty sure that one of those players is going to be a part of my organization for the next 10 years. Whereas running back, you might have Bijan Robinson and you might run him into the ground and he might be a terrific player. He's a top three player in this class for me. But after that five-year mark, is he still going to be effective because he plays that running back position? So I think for Arizona, they're in a different spot where they're looking for a player for the next 10 years. Philadelphia can afford to take a running back because they just made it to the Super Bowl. And if you put Bijan next to Jalen Hurts in that backfield, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, it makes that offense even better than it was last year, in my opinion, because I think that Bijan is more versatile and a better player than Miles Sanders. And that offense is one of the best in the NFL last year. So if I'm the Eagles, look, they haven't taken a first-round running back since Keith Byers in the 1980s. They traditionally don't take running backs inside the top 50 or the top 60. But again, Philadelphia just made it to the Super Bowl, and they had the 10th overall pick. So I'm going with the Ferrari there if I'm Howie Roseman. Yeah, um, I like. I don't. I. I just. Uh, I think something is going. To, so you're going to take the Eagles can't miss pick at Bijan Robinson at ten. I, I think they do as well if he's around. Uh, I think Bijan could be off the board by then. The Texans, Houston Texans, number two. Obviously, all the talk in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the sports world that the Texans don't take C.J. Stroud. They don't take a quarterback. They live with Davis Mills. They make their roster better. They go get the best available pick. Maybe right now would be Will Anderson. Uh, where are you hearing since you're in Dallas right there close to it? Uh, what do you think about Houston's number two? Do they take best available, or are they making a splash and going to get another quarterback just so they can get another quarterback next year? All the buzz is that Houston is not going to take a quarterback, and I disagree. You have a new regime in there, new head coach, D'Amico Ryans. He's, def- he's a defensive guy. I understand hey, why you want to take – Do you disagree from your own point of view, or do you disagree that you- – do you think they are going to take a cue? I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. That's all the buzz that I'm hearing. I don't take a quarterback. That they go Ed Rusher, Will Anderson. They go Tyree Wilson. They go with a player like that instead of a quarterback because let's operate under the premise that the Carolina Panthers take Bryce Young. I understand the size concerns, but I think he's the best quarterback in this class by far. Most pro-ready, most polished. I think that his skill set translates the best to the NFL. So let's operate under the premise that he's off the board. C.J. Stroud's going to be on the board, but there's all this talk that the Texans don't want to take him because he's represented by the same agent as Deshaun Watson. Why would you allow that to take you away from drafting a quarterback when you really need it because I don't think that Davis Mills is that guy. So I think the Texans go edge rusher. I think they go Will Anderson or they go Tyree Wilson and they skip out on a quarterback, which I disagree with. And then the Colts, are they taking the second quarterback off the board, which people are saying maybe not C.J. Stroud. Will Levis is becoming a Colt fan favorite. Does he, does Will Anderson, I mean, does, uh, does, does Levis go to the Colts at number four? I think I lost him. Uh, you hear me? I got you. Yeah, I got he, you. 
Um, yeah, so with the Colts, they're in an interesting scenario. I think that Shane Steichen can do a great job in developing and We lost you. Um, they either go Will Levis. You hear me? You got me now? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I got you. Okay, so, yeah, what I was saying, I like Shane Steichen as the hire for the Colts. What he did with Jalen Hurts the last two years I thought was really impressive because Hurts made massive strides from 2021 to 2022. Nobody would have envisioned Jalen Hurts being the runner-up to MVP to Patrick Mahomes this past year. And I think from a scheme standpoint, play-calling standpoint, because Shane Steichen did call the plays, they want to get that quarterback there, which is what I believe the Texans should do, to start anew within that organization because it's been a carousel at that quarterback position ever since Andrew Luck retired. You had Phillip Rivers, you had Carson Wentz, you swung for Matt Ryan. None of those moves work long-term. So you have your new offensive mind, who's a great play caller, who's shown that he's a good quarterback developer with Jalen Hurts and with Justin Herbert when he was with the Los Angeles Chargers. That's when Herbert had a record-breaking rookie year, and you draft a C.J. Stroud or a Will Levis. The Will Levis momentum to the Colts is certainly there. I don't love him because the tape shows me that he's very inconsistent, misses some layups. I understand that he's a physical freak, but that's my issue with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Like, I look at the tape, and I look at the lack of, of college production, and I understand that some quarterbacks put up lesser numbers at the college level, but I just want to see them get it done at a lesser level of competition and not just bank on the athleticism. I mean, we've seen these instances before with a guy like Jamarcus Russell, right? So I'd go C.J. Stroud if I was the Colts, but there's some momentum behind Will Levis to Indy. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's going to be interesting tomorrow, man. What, what t- Are you doing the show during the draft, too? Yeah, I'll be going live on Eagles now, um, so make sure you subscribe. Join me there, just because they have two picks in the first round, number 10 and number 30. We'll see if they trade up, if they trade back, if they trade out of 30. I think there's a lot that could happen with Philadelphia, just because they're one of the more aggressive organizations in the sport. So we'll be going live well before the NFL draft, and then stay live all throughout the first round on that channel. Good deal. Um, try to steal you away for two minutes man one one time but uh we got we're gonna do sean and i are gonna do our mock draft and uh i don't know i don't know if Bijan makes it to 10 uh chase but he he may very well may it just depends look I'm out people. for the falcons at eight to take him yeah falcons at eight too um, a lot of chatter about that can the eagles trade up to get him if they want him that bad if they trade up i think they trade up for jalen carter if jalen carter gets past five with seattle yeah um yeah, that's interesting. Interesting take. Uh, real fast as you leave and go to work, um, my top 10 AFC QBs, where you disagree at? Oh, wow. So you did go Patrick Mahomes at number one. You've had a change of heart here? Nah, just for right now because he beat Burrow and he's got two rings. Burrow's got to get that ring, and I'd put Burrow ahead of him. But right now okay. he's 1-2, so I can't – I got to tell the truth. He's 1-2, he's been to three. Um now, I do think Burrow's the best quarterback in the NFL, but having said that, he still has to get a ring and get past Burrow in that AFC. This is just AFC right now. Um, where would you move? Who would you move around? Uh, you know, it's funny, speaking of this, I saw Pac-Man Jones on Super Bowl Radio Row. I know you're boys with him. 
And I was like, so which quarterback do you think has a better performance in the Super Bowl, Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? And he said, Patrick Mahomes. And I said, I thought that you were a Joe Burrow guy over Patrick Mahomes. And he got kind of pissed at me, which is kind of hilarious. And then I let him know that I was actually kidding. Uh, but yeah, I think after getting that ring, Mahomes is number one. Joe Burrow, number two. I might go Josh Allen, number three, Aaron Rodgers, four, Trevor Lawrence, five. But, man, I'm looking at Justin Herbert there. I just want to see Herbert and Josh Allen do a little bit more as far as making a deep playoff run. And, shoot, we'll see what happens with Lamar Jackson. But when you miss 10 games the last two Decembers and Januarys, that's a huge problem for me. So he has to slide down. I don't know if Russell Wilson's going to be able to rebound after last year. Maybe Sean Payton can bring him out of the cellar, but he was dog shit. Um, Two injury concerns for me. He's just way too fragile. And Deshaun Watson, look, I know he took a year off. He was bad last year. So he has to come back and rebound in a big way to respond. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know where Lamar will be. We don't know where Lamar will be, but... Uh, I agree. I have I have Herbert and Allen right there because to me they got to do something more. And I think Trevor Lawrence has a chance. That's why I have him ahead of him because of the division they're in. I think there's an easier path to beat Burroughs in the playoffs to beat Mahomes because you don't have to go through a daunting AFC East with Aaron Rodgers, Tua, whatever Belichick brings in Mac Jones, um, and then Josh Allen. You got to get through a, a gauntlet there in the AFC East. So it's going to be interesting. The AFC definitely have the better quarterbacks this year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing unfolds. But somebody out of those 10, uh, Chase, a couple of them won't make the playoffs. Not going to make the playoffs, exactly. Going to be interesting. Hey, man, enjoy work. I appreciate you, and uh, hopefully I can catch you tomorrow. But uh, have a great day, brother. I appreciate you as always. You too. Keep keeping it real. All right, brother. All right, man. See you. Peace. Drop a chat, super chat for Chase. He'll do a chewy next time we have him on, man. Um, is that what it's called, a chewy? Whatever the fuck it is. I'll be damned if I drank beer out of another motherfucker's shoe. <laughs> you got me fucked up. Who would a fuck would drink a beer out of someone's shoe? You nasty-footed motherfucker. Who's drinking the beer out of that shit? Now, Chase does it out of his own shoe, which is at least self-worthy of self-disgust. But... Motherfuckers that were in Australia drinking beer out of another motherfucker's shoe in the crowd got me fucked up. Chris, I wish I would. I wish I would. Uh, Can't wait for tomorrow, Thirsty Thursday. We got a name for the show, y'all. Jeff Nadu and I have a name for the show. And thanks to Eric the Wrench, we're going to call our episode Free Game Free game, and we're in discussions on making it its own show. Doing it twice a week in the evening, like the ladies' man on Saturday Night Live. Maybe in the cigar lounge, little dim lights, drinking the yak, smoking a stick, have some real ladies come on live, come over to the house, be on the show, have ladies. Jeff, bring on a few porn star lady friends of his. We'll ask them what it's really like, what it really is. We're going to give away free game every Thirsty Thursday right now. Until Jeff and I create a show, and then we're going to make our own show. Because I think free game has to be given. I think free game has to be given. That doesn't mean it's going to be free-free all the time, but it is going to be free game. That's going to be the name of the show. So Jeff Nadeau and I will have free game tomorrow on Thirsty Thursday. 
and uh, I know you ladies, please come in and join because we're going to try to get a couple of ladies on the show tomorrow, get their perspective, and we'll have a list of topics to talk about. And uh, free game, Jeff Nado and I, tomorrow on Thirsty Thursday. Can't wait to get after that. Uh, I know Bree, Bree's like, oh, Lord, Bree, Jada, Liz, uh, Chris. I know you guys always are like, you guys are cringing, huh? I know you're like, what is he going to say this time? I know. Hey, we get a little uh, primitive at times. I do agree. But we're going to keep it real. We're going to not be sexist, not be too nasty and and, and creepy and weird because that's not who we are. Um, but we are going to be real and talk shit. And so... Uh, can't wait to get under that tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, we get into some people's uh, feelings and uh, teach them this is real shit. Uh, Thirsty Thursday. It is what it is. Um, Chris says she's cringing. Chris is a Discord member now. Clap it up. Chris is in there on the Discord with everyone talking it up. Uh, if you're not a member of our Discord, come on over. Uh, Slap Nation. Coach's crew. Come check it out. If you're not a member of this show, become one. Best dollar ninety nine you can spend. And the Patreon members keep getting grown, keep growing that. Um, and for all the late, like Bree people, like you don't need to be Patreon members. I appreciate you guys doing it, but you don't need it. We need football. We want to be make sure we're getting to the football coaches, the entrepreneurs, the CEOs, the COOs, because we will be doing a lot of things. Now, Bree, if I start putting some cooking show channel on there, uh, naked in an apron. Then you guys can become members again. You know what I'm saying? The women can become members. We're gonna do a free game on there. We're gonna do. I'm gonna do some cooking stuff on there. I got a, a, a custom apron being made. I might be. I might rock that motherfucking naked. I'm not gonna show the ass, but I might rock the apron, and you don't really know what's under it with the hat on and all that. Me and the bullies. JB's Bob 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 Barbecue. Oh shit. I don't know. I might put that shit on OnlyFans. I might fuck around and put a cooking show on OnlyFans. Me naked behind an apron. You ain't ever going to see nothing, but I'm just saying. I'll make it a gray apron because I know all the ladies like the gray. Uh, what do you guys? I never knew about the gray shorts uh, thing. You guys are weird. See, ladies, you guys are perverts. I'm going to be real. Ladies, you guys are perverts. Because, see, you got some free game, too, that I didn't know about. And I don't wear gray shorts no more because you guys scared me because I don't want you to see my wee-wee imprint. See what I'm saying? Nah, I ain't giving that away. That's not free. <laughs> gray sweatpants. Like, I didn't never knew about it. But you guys got, you picked up on it quick. You guys are staring at every motherfucker walking by with gray sweats on. God damn. See, I didn't know about that shit. And now you guys. If you're wearing gray sweats to the gym, you are worse than the girl with the titties out in yoga pants at the gym. Let's keep it real. Shut the fuck up. Let's keep it real. Chris said she's not peeking. Um, everybody else is talking about gray sweats in the chat. The ladies, you know, gray sweats is a real thing. I just found out about that within the last year or so on this show. I didn't know about gray sweats. I don't wear gray sweats anymore. I don't wear gray sweats, period. Uh, but I don't wear gray shorts no more. Man. See, Chris, you just found out, too. I just found out, too. You, uh, you know what I'm saying? We just found out. It is what it is. 
Um, wouldn't you see them in white too? Nah, maybe I guess not. I wonder why gray is the whole thing. Why does gray show that shit? That's crit. It's curious. Anyway. <sighs> All right. Um, Brian Martinez has four uh, pairs. Brian, dog. Nobody want to see your deer imprint. <laughs> Hey, man, it is what it is. Uh, I can't wait for tomorrow, Thirsty Thursday. I'll be back on Chalk Talk on Patreon later on today. I'm going to be breaking down. Uh, I don't know yet. I got an agenda. We'll see what's on the next uh, thing. I don't know if it's offense or defense today for all the coaches out there. Chalk Talk, become a member of our Patreon today uh, if you're not. And uh, Sean Tadbury and I are back tomorrow for the draft. Uh, live watch party, um, and then I'll be back tomorrow morning for Thirsty Thursday. Jeff Nader will join me. Steve Kim will join me tomorrow. Matt McChesney will join me tomorrow. Uh, we got a stack week for the rest of the week, and uh, shout out to everybody in here. Pound the like button on your way out the door. Go back and rewatch yesterday's show if you missed it. Uh, appreciate it. It got deleted for a couple hours. It's back up, and uh, I'll see you guys later. Plus, the female and the male definition shirts are on CoachJBStore.com. Go grab you one. Go cop you a T-shirt. They are fire. Has the real female definition on there. Naturally born with a vagina. <laughs> it is the natural definition of a female. Sorry. Male definition is on there. Naturally born male with a penis. Human definition T-shirt. We got all three. Go get you one. CoachJBStore.com. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Much love. And uh, it's Work Boot Wednesday. It's a great day to have a great fucking day. I'll talk to you guys later on. Peace.
joke. It's I just, don't care.